Well, we are back. Huh? We're back at the Nine Club, everybody. Today we got a special, special guest. Mm -hmm. Josh Stewart. That's right. Is in the house. I only got two specials. You want another special? No, special. Not that special. Special. Super, very special guest. Very special. special. Should have got like half a special. I thought that cool. intro was pretty good. If you, know, <laughs> yeah. if you don't mind me saying. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bro. Uh, what's good? How you doing? Everything good? Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everything's good. Nice. Been out here for a week of uh, avoiding the uh, the cold. The cold, the, yeah. the the bomb cyclone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're from Florida, right? Right. Which part of Florida? I'm from Tampa. Tampa. Um, yeah. Oh. Born and raised in Tampa. Lived okay. pretty much every part of Tampa you can live in. Oh, sick. My brother was uh, a heavy skater in the '80s and ended up getting sponsored, and um, he rode for like H Street and and then to life you know and it oh. changed when they wow. splintered off to life yeah and um so i was just constantly surrounded by it mm -hmm. and in the late 80s you know skateboarding had exploded in the mid 80s i i think okay. you know back to the future oh yeah you know yeah. and so my brother would try to get me to skate and i just like my memory of it is i didn't want to do it because it was popular at the point at that oh. time but you know that's like this idealistic you know <laughs> that was so cool i didn't want to do it right, right. but um and I literally, one summer, I, you know, I dressed like a skater, you okay. know, kids called me skate and, you know, like making fun of me and like, cause oh. I went, there was a, like, I bounced all over Florida or Tampa. I went to like junior high and like, kind of like a rednecky part of her middle school okay in a rednecky area and like the only kid dressing like that. And so it was like, I was already getting made fun of mm -hmm. for being a skater and wasn't a skater yet. And I just remember, I think it was the summer of 80 eight or 89 uh -huh. i was like i swear to god this is how i was like i'm gonna like you know you go go home for summer mm -hmm. and i was like i'm gonna start skating as a way to like get in shape and like girls are gonna you know what oh, i mean like yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna come back i'm gonna come back like Transform, in shape and yeah. cool were you not in shape or you i wasn't like fat or oh. anything but i know i was calling you fat josh <laughs> no, yeah, no but um so i like went in my brother's closet and he just had, you know, all kinds of, it was like a graveyard of okay. old skate parts. And so I put together a skateboard, not knowing what I was doing. And he came home one day and he was probably like 15 or so when I started. And, uh, I was skating a freestyle, a Marty Jimenez, uh, Jinx board, <laughs> um, freestyle board. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I was like trying to like, um, so, uh, so yeah, he got me set up with like a, I think like a donger board or something. Oh, like wow. My first board. And how old were you? I think I was 11. 11. I was 11 or okay. 12. Right. Yeah. I just, you know, we all, seems like everybody knows exactly. Like I started in March, you know, 21st right. and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it was 88 or 89 right. as far as I remember, right. but not. How old was your brother when he got sponsored? I'm not sure. There was like, somehow like that Tampa Bay area was just a hotbed mm. of amazing talent in that area. Era. You know, you had Mike Dare and George yeah. Dare, his oh. brother who mm -hmm. read for Blind. Blind yeah. And I, I mean, that even preceded me paying attention. I never really saw his brother skate. But oh. um, um, so I'd have like, I'd come out of my room as like a 10 year old or 11 year old and Bo Turner and like Scott Conklin or somebody would be in my house or wow. like, you know, but that scene, you know, it's like John Montesi, Lance Conklin, Bo Turner, Mike Dare, um, Mike Frazier, all from that area in that same era, oh. you know, and um, just for like to be all the way, you know, in Florida and have that much in this, you know, t Florida's huge too, yeah. you know, but just in that little concentrated area. Right. Era. So I, I'm assuming my brother was sponsored probably by the age of like 
15 okay. something like that and you didn't really know who these people were until no. later maybe no. like, oh that was fucking so and so sitting there wow as a kid I like to collect like you know I'd go in the woods and find bullet shells and like I'd collected like replica guns and like swords oh, and all kinds of weird shit so Bo Turner would always not always maybe it was like two or three times you know <laughs> but when he'd come over my our house he'd come by and like yo you know like, like let me check this stuff out and, uh, and he was the nicest one he was the most outgoing and nicest Ooh. person to me as a little kid and then my brother like told, started telling me eventually stories about Bo and the, like you know he was just basically known for like fighting yeah for oh, fighting, <laughs> fighting. Oh, was he yeah, oh. yeah. and um uh but yeah, it's just a funny thing that you know this dude who was like this badass, you know, was yeah. like the nicest out of out of Crazy. all those dudes. But oh. and then, so did you like try to get sponsored and all that stuff? No, I liked filming a lot. Oh, you oh, like okay. it start, I, I basically like a year after starting skating, my parents had like a little uh, you know VHSC camcorder that oh, yeah. you have to put mm-hmm. the little tape in, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, filming my friends and myself or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I just knew that I didn't have like a style that was going to be like, or I felt like I didn't, you know what I mean? So, um, I'd never really tried to get sponsored. I skated like contests and stuff, you know, and like when the skate park at Tampa, um, opened in 93, Tampa started working with those. Yeah. I skated, (laughs) skated one Tampa M I think. Yeah. Did you lose the weight and get the girl? (laughs) (laughs) That's a question we've been all waiting for. No, No. I might've lost the weight, but I don't think I got any girls. So, and then, so you just gravitated towards camera, uh, filming and stuff. I mean, I was, I was skating. Like I was one of those filmers who like everyone, you know, everybody has to wait to try to like do a trick. Cause I, I was skating just as much as I was filming. Right. It was just like, for me, honestly, I mean, going back with my brother having just like skate videos laying around mm-hmm. always as a little kid, mm-hmm. I would play like, you know, I'm trying to think of videos that were out before I was skating, but you know, obviously all the Powell videos yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, aside from like Lance Mountain, just how like I thought he was really funny and, and enjoyed yeah. I, I wasn't really interested in the skating, but there was something about the way like music could pull the way the music and the way it was edited would pull you interest. You know, I'm like, I'm not really interested in skating, but it, this is making me feel something. Oh, you know? wow. Okay. Like Stacy, Pro- like the opening, um, I don't know if it's banned this, the one where it's like the, uh, where fuck, they're skating like a ditch and it's like, um, but Stacy edited the music, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not going to sing it. Cause I, but, but you know, he, he made the music too, but it was like, it just, it was so sick. And I would take like a little, um, like audio recorder and record that off the TV and then listen it to, listen to it in my room. Oh wow! And there's something about that, obviously, you know, that like attracted me yeah. to before I even started skating. And then, um, it's animal chin, wallows. No, no, it was like, uh, I Roger, just help him out. Trying to I mean, you're not on point. All, all, all those open. <laughs> Working with, all day. All those videos open with the Ripper, right? Coming th- like mm-hmm. the skeleton. So, mm. but it was like, dude, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was banned. This, but, mm. but anyways, yep. um, so I was always interested in trying to recreate that. Oh, okay. You know, which meant the first like ten things I made were just I'd use all the same music you know like plan B questionable video came out using like the p- same Pennywise song you know the same hieroglyphic song oh yeah yeah exactly and you're editing just like you don't have like a computer no. program right? <laughs> <laughs> no. you have, uh, I was premiere. the first one yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you deck to deck VCR just to yeah VCR? V- t- uh, camera to VCR oh, camera to VCR oh yeah. okay yeah. just making 
videos of my friends and I oh. basically I had one friend who skated I mean in that town okay. um, my other friend Josh Josh Marcus and it was his name and literally there was one point literally where there was a, a third person who skated in our little town and his name was Josh too so there was three <laughs> Joshes well for the titles you could just do the first name and then change the last right. name you're good right. so it, it was just you know in that era which is so weird obviously now but in this mass we were in this huge high school in Tampa okay and there was literally two skaters you know what I mean crazy, it's just like yeah. and that was the, there was this huge contrast obviously between California because when I turned 18 and did that you know the the pilgrimage to San Diego okay and the day you get here there's like literally seeing like dads bombing a hill on a skateboard you know what I mean it's just like what the hell? Yeah. yeah well speaking of the pilgrimage to L- when you turn 18 you move to you move to San Diego no, I didn't move here. Oh, you just right. I just did out. the drive. Yeah, ah, I did okay. the drive. Oh, you drove out. White yeah. Lightning. Yeah, that was before White Lightning. That was actually. You got a car named White Lightning. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> I didn't call it that. No, I didn't name it that. <laughs> so, what, um, what did? Why did you come out to? L, um, I'm sorry, San Diego. Yeah, you know, that's where everything was coming out of at the time. That was '95. Oh. Did you come out with Josh and Josh? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Just you know, did the drive out here, and uh, I ended up. It was it was when like uh, I heard Ty talking about that whole um, like Cardiff by the Sea apartment area mm-hmm. with like all the pl- the Earth and Rhythm guys were like yeah. living, and uh, Neil Mems actually um, was living somewhere there, and he was like the only dude I you know had some kind of connection. I'd filmed with him in Tampa oh, okay. off and on. So um, he's really from Florida, right? Yeah, he's from Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah, I mean re- realistically, going back, yeah, um, the skate park at Tampa developed, you know opening is like kind of like this obviously huge important moment in my history essentially because you had these awesome uh scene of skaters you know like i said mike dare and and all these guys but the skate park of tampa opening that's what kind of like brought this like it was obviously this uh home base that brought dudes from like there was like the north carolina dudes like will Harmon and Mm -hmm. kenny hughes and then there was like matt milligan down in uh Fort Myers and and his whole scene but there was and then Paul Zitzer mm. moved there from from uh Wisconsin, from Wisconsin yeah, yeah okay. Milwaukee and so you had Zitzer and and uh Mike Frazier and Brian Howard on the vert ramp all day inside the park and then you had all these street skaters coming into town and so it's like I'm a skater who likes to make videos but right. then you just find it's like there was nobody filming mm-hmm. there was like one other dude this guy ryan who who would help film the vert guys occasionally and it was like it just became it wasn't like i was like this is what i'm gonna do you know right. for a living but like paul zitzer and frazier were kind of like these in-house dudes there every day who needed like frazier needed to film for the stereo video mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i'm terrible filmer but you know he has no other options so you know. <laughs> come on kid let's do this <laughs> yes right. so that was kind of for me you know if I, if the skate park at tampa hadn't been there who knows you know oh, what well, I mean? oh like, okay yeah but just like this constant cycle of dudes passing through mm-hmm. like jamie thomas passing through on i don't know why he was there but he i think he was there by himself I mean, he might have been in town to film with uh Alyssa or something oh. for toy machine because oh, oh. she lived down in fort myers and okay. i ended up going filming with him all over downtown tampa and um i think there's like one one or two tricks from that day that ended up in welcome to hell but it was like you know one of those like connections you know we didn't like you know back then you didn't have i didn't have an email address like that's you didn't even have email back then in 95 yet were you shooting for uh, cigar city then yeah i probably just started working i had done like a series of like different videos you know like florida-based videos okay um 
and Cigar City was the first one that was like, I've made, you know, like a hundred copies. I'm like, I'm going to sell these, you know. Oh, you just went out and made your own video. Actually, that wasn't, I didn't make a hundred. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, that, that, there was a video before that that I just made a hundred copies called Prospects. And mm. then that was like all Florida, you know, Florida dudes. Okay. And then Cigar City was like the one that was like, got tried to get it distributed and, you know, made. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the skate shops video, right? World Market. Was World Market called, was yeah, after yeah. Cigar City, yeah. So Cigar City was just a, you just named it Cigar City and tried to uh, get it distributed. Right. It's based right. on, you know, based around Tampa, okay. Cigar City, you know, it's basically. What happened? Did you sell it or what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like, um, I'm, I started working on it when I was in high school. Mm. It probably came out in like 90, 96, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, it was like, it was the first like, okay, this is going to be a, an actual video. You know, the other videos were like, I'd made several, but they were you know it wasn't something i was that went beyond tampa right and so this one had like um mostly all floor you know f- tampa based dudes but okay. like mike frazier had a part and like um it's a hard one to remember exactly yeah. who Didn't all had mckinley have footage in it who robin mckinley no robin mckinley was in rising the next the next world one. market oh, wow. video this well, is yeah, ran- from florida yeah. this is random but what I remember one dude stuck out to me. Was his name Ricky Dixon? Yeah, yeah. Dude, he was sick. I just never seen him in that awesome. video. Nelly Hills. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, he had super good Nelly Hills. Dude, yeah. he was so sick. Yeah, he was so sick. And it was, and, and that was like, as a filmer, at a certain point, you realize that you're this like, you're this. Uh, I use the word conduit, which is like a bad. <laughs> it sounds like pretentious word, but you're this. You know, this voice. You, you provide a voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For like, and so slowly figuring that out. That you know. You can we're shine so, some light on these dudes. Yeah, yeah, and you're so far in Florida. You're so far from the the industry. You know, the, especially at that time, there was no industry outside of California. Right. You really, and so um, somebody like a Ricky Dixon, who like is obviously awesome, and Jeff Lenosi, you know, who yeah. was just a little twelve year old kid, um, who was so good. Like everybody knew, you know, like just would be sit back and watch him skate the skate park Whoa. in Tampa. Him and his his friends, um, who were like twelve and thirteen years old. You know what Crazy. I mean? And just be, you know, having the opportunity to like try to get those dudes seen outside of outside of Tampa. Right, right, right. Wow. Which I mean, I think like Reynolds probably ended up hooking up uh, Jeff way back then from yeah. just seeing him at the skate park, and, and the skate park at Tampa was that pl- a platform as well for yeah, that's true. All yeah. those dudes I, to get still seen. is yeah right? for sure yeah. totally. Um, but yeah, so that the Cigar City was like the first video, and it, it's one of those weird because back then there was there were no independent videos coming out except for probably Dan Wolf's yeah, videos and that was before and under under retrievers came out in 96. So this must, it was, I think cigar city came out right around that same time. Mm-hmm. But, but he, um, like I'll, I'll be like talking to somebody from Germany and he's like, I, you know, uh, cigar city. I got that video when I was like a little kid. And it's just one of those, oh. because there was no, so few other videos coming out. It mm-hmm. got, way out far beyond what it should have, you know, yeah. by today's standards. Did you make money off of it? It's, it's probably not, you know. But I mean, I mean, still, even you're in high school doing this, right? Right. That, that's pretty insane. Yeah, to and get it, that thing out there to to the world. I was fortunate to be, like I said, that skate park at Tampa, being there, and all those the talent and and like, you know, like people who were actually like like Mike Frazier has a full part in like the stereo, the first stereo video. You know what I mean? Like yeah, him, yeah. him, those guys being around helps obviously give it, um, more legs and having them in the video. Yeah. So, I mean, even deluxe, you know, carried some of those videos and helped Ooh. distribute it because they have, you know, Frazier. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so that, that era was so, you know, where I was calling like 
cold calling places like Deluxe or Eastern, and I'm like a you know 17 year old, 18 year old kid, and trying to like and and dudes actually like Reggie Barnes at Eastern, like okay, here I'll tell you this is how you know pricing works and this is how distribution works, you know what I mean and stuff like that. <laughs> They're like, how much do you pay? Uh, have this made? Twelve bucks? All right, we'll give you thirteen. Crazy though. I mean, at that age to do that and to have the the balls to go out and call everybody. I mean, nobody. I wasn't. Who was doing that? That was the only way you can talk. Right. To anyone I know, but still, though. Or you start calling shops yourself. It's crazy. Yeah. Never called a shop in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cigar City. What was next after that? That Robbie McKinley was in. That was a uh, skip park of Tampa. Opened a second shop called World Market. Oh. Yeah. And so I was doing a second. Basically, it was going to be like a Cigar City two, essentially. Okay. And at some point, all the guys from you know that scene who rode for world market were in the video and i just talked to brian schaefer i was like this should just be a world market video you know oh, so wow. that space basically became their skate shop video oh okay for that wow and jamie thomas had a part in cigar city i forgot no to way. mention oh, that really yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> did you take his footage that you filmed and just throw it in there and that's where that connection again mm-hmm. i kind of it's hard to keep like a linear you for know sure, timeline of all sure. this stuff because of him needing somebody to film that one day, right. he filmed a bunch of shit all throughout Tampa. And I still have some stuff that never I never used from that day. Oh, wow. Um, one of them, it's like a three-block line. He kept, <laughs> literally, it's, it's insane. It's like 13 tricks and like three blocks long. But he, um, you know, he, he, he was just like, basically, yeah, you can keep, keep whatever you want. You know, I'm going to just keep a couple things oh. for Welcome to Hell. And then uh, on that first trip to California, I was 18. I have no idea how, because, you know, like, what was I doing there? But essentially, I ended up at, like, Muska's house, I think. Or it was, I don't know whose house it was, but there we were at this house in Pacific Beach. Okay. And Jamie and, like, like Brian Anderson and some of the, you know, the guys from that, that era. Yeah. Um, were watching, they were watching, like, some raw footage on Musk. I can't remember if it was Jamie's house or Muska's house, but mm. Muska was there, and they were watching footage, and uh, Jamie was like, talking about they're about to do a, a tour for the to pr- premiere the welcome to hell video okay. and he's like do you want to we need a, a filmer do you want to come and i was like yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> wow so it, i ended up on that trip for like i don't know if it was about a month but we went from san diego you know all over the country ended up in boston mm-hmm. and, okay uh, did i meet you then at that point i don't know if we met that then but i remember jamie had a a rough cut of welcome to hell that we watched right and did that have the one, was that the one that had Muska's part yeah, in Muska's it? Muska's part, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And he wouldn't let me see that the whole trip right? because of that whole falling out with Muska. Oh. And then the end of the last day of the trip mm-hmm. is like, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you see his yeah, part. No wow. way. <laughs> and it was, aw- it was so sick. Yeah, because we watched it in my house. I don't know if you were in the, Did you live with like uh, Mike, Mike Graham Bell? and Mike Bell? Mike Bell and Charlie Wilkins and... That's where I stayed. Didn't we stay there? And you stayed at my house, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even remember you. (laughs) (laughs) Nor does he remember you, Raj. Dude, we had like so many people there, dude. It was insane. Dude, we slept... See, that's why I, I can never remember. I thought I thought that was Mike Bell's house. Yeah. But there was another dude who lived there. I thought it was Mike Graham. No, he, he, no, Mike Graham would stay there all the time. Well, somebody... We all slept on the floor, okay. and we're sleeping on the floor. It was like... Literally, like, Brian Anderson, Alyssa Steamer, Donnie Barley, yeah. Jamie Thomas, you know what I mean? It was Mike Bell, um, Kyle Vebonkar, Mike Denny, a.k.a. Nike Mikey, um, Jesus. Charlie Wilkins, Jim Sullivan, and myself. How big was this fucking house? <laughs> 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 yeah, it was like five bedrooms. Damn. Weird. And like three stories with a roof deck. Whoa. 
fall. Was it? It was wood floors. Wood floors. Yeah. yeah. Wood brick wall. You were, you were saying everybody was sleeping on the floors. So and I just, then, all I remember, we, I think we only stayed there one night, and we're sleeping on the floor, like just hardwood floors, just like whatever, you know, like yeah. a place to stay. And we woke up, and it was like maybe like six a.m. And there's these huge house speakers, you know, like um, right next to where we were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I th- always remember it being Mike Graham. I, I don't know because I just remember him being like like a, a like a tough guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Six a.m. That song, um, the Crooklyn Dodgers album, like the 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 actual single, mm-hmm. he put that on the record player and turned it at full blast at <laughs> six a.m. And so I wo- that song the song starts with just a, a triangle. You know, like ding. It's okay. like ding ding ding. So at six a.m., all of us are like. Like ding ding, <laughs> and I look up, and there's this dude eating cereal on like like basically where Kelly is over okay. there, just staring at us eating cereal. <laughs> yeah, slowly. it probably was Raj, just staring, you know, staring no. us all in the eye, and he just let that song play, like the three different, the instrumental, the like. Oh my god! And he was just basically like telling us all, like "fuck you guys for being in my house." It was yeah. so so weird, but none of us, everybody was like pretending to, yeah, <laughs> pretending to be asleep. <laughs> like, oh yeah, wow. Oh, this isn't disturbing me at all. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? So uh, weird. Yeah, Graham didn't even live there. He just stayed there all the time. Well, I don't. He, he I, obviously didn't want them there. Right? Yeah. Apparently <laughs> not. Apparently not. That's Damn. funny. This episode is supported by AG One. When I first started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel a real difference in my daily health. I also had more energy, and I also noticed I felt more relaxed and I could focus easier. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I also love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and vitamin D for energy support, adaptogens to balance my body's stress level, vitamin C and zinc to help support my immune health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner with us for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash nine club. That's drinkag1.com slash nine club, N-I-N-E-C-L-U-B. Go check it out. So you so you went on tour. I mean, you didn't have a job or anything at this point either, right? No, you just were no. Just, I mean, just how were you? Just do freelance stuff. But going on this month long thing, but they they give you any cash? I don't. Or? Th- I don't think I got paid to no? do that. Uh-uh. How were you like surviving? You were just kind of. <laughs> I have no idea. Toy machine card, like I have whatever, no idea. I, no. I have a really bad memory, but I I wasn't working at the time, no. and uh, I I know the first time I went out to to California, I think it was the same trip, but I went out there. No, the first trip. Jesus Christ. You're good. No, you, <laughs> trust me. Because I, I, I drove out to California a lot, like okay. multiple times. And the first trip, I just remember my car broke down and I spent the last bit of money I had to fix it. Mm. And then it broke down again. And it oh. was like 700 bucks to fix it. And I got a job working for Treefort, which was yeah, Troy Morgan's Troy, company. Yeah. 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 And um, so I was filming for the Treefort, like Vinnie Ponte and... Okay. Uh, Danny Super Sirarat or Danny Super yeah, is what, it, yeah. what he became. Right. But he was still Super Sirarat. Baby Costin. Yeah. 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 
wow. um, Jimmy uh, Chadwick and all those dudes. So yeah, that was the first thing. So I was working for them, went home, came back, and ended up on that Welcome to Hell trip. I, yeah, I have no idea. Did you no finish idea. a Tree Fort video? I didn't. Or you edit were just it. helping. I film was just it. filming it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just like those random things, you know, making those connections, and then yeah. that obviously the who you know is is everything. It's so you just true. get start getting random things out of, right. out of those. Right. Yeah. So so the Welcome to Hell tour was a success. They liked you. You got to see the musk apart in the video. Right. <laughs> right. Obviously, Jamie liked you. Um, you proved yourself to him, probably. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> and he filmed that whole trip. He filmed stuff for my video. So he was doing shit that I'd, I'd never seen anybody like grind rails in person. And he was like, every stop, he's the only one who skated the whole trip. When we'd stop at like, like 7 a.m., I mean, I'm, it sounds like an exaggeration, but we're like driving through Colorado and we pass by like something you can see off the highway. That thing looks like you could ollie that whole, that thing. And then, and he'd pull off the highway. Everybody's still asleep in the van and Jamie and I are out there. There's like still fog in the air wow, and filming. Geez. And he let me use all, almost all of it for, really? for my video. Yeah. Which so video was, was that? That was Cigar City. Cigar City. Yeah. Did he yeah. know that you were filming? I mean, did. Yeah. He knew I was working on a video. Oh, so he, oh, God, but I would have hated that tour still. stopping like that. I would just get to the hotel, Dude, Jamie. You can see, you can see like in all, like a lot of the footage you see, like Alyssa and Brian Anderson and people just sitting on a curb behind. Just like, <laughs> 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 Come on, dude. Let's get to the get to point b yeah well what what tricks did you film welcome the hell of him there's like a shopping cart rail he does like a slappy up 50 across it mm. it's like oh yeah 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 um he does like a couple gap over uh there's like a man in tampa it's like a manual pad you have to ollie over a handrail oh yeah it. it does switch 180 manual yeah, and a yeah, nose yeah. manual and uh he did some other stuff on that trip i'm trying to remember but um, there's a lot of all that tour stuff, you know what I mean? A lot yeah. of the, like the demo stuff of those dudes was from that trip. But did yeah. you film everything in the four in one industry section? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they, had a, they had like a shop thing. And yeah, yeah. 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 Leave it to Kelly. <laughs> I know, I know. Are, now, are you editing? You're starting to edit too. You're editing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like back then. I would rent. Uh, there was like a place where you could rent. Uh, an edit bay which is literally you know just like a machine machine to machine and you'd lock in your edit and it would you know do the edit for you or whatever but it was like it was still um it wasn't non-linear editing didn't exist yet Mm -hmm. and then um i can't remember which one it was but it was like rising maybe one of those i called that place had gone out of business i called some place in orlando and this guy's like he's like have you ever do you know what non-linear editing is and i was like what and, and <laughs> I think I need the deck. Yeah. And he's like, well, and he explained the technology to me and it was just like mine. Right. The fact that you could edit and then go back and change something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, or, and so I was like, yeah, of course let's, let's do it. And so, um, I think it was an avid system okay. that, at that place, but, uh, but yeah, there's a technician who's on a computer and I'm telling him what to do. You know what I mean? Seriously. You're saying yeah. like, no, I need that kick flip. <laughs> over. I need that yeah. back and the, yeah, that How would, long did that take to do? Like I had a week, really? I had a week. Yeah. To oh, yeah. capture, capture everything, edit it. And then that's psycho. Yeah. And how much was this to, to rent this? Thing? It was expensive. Yeah. 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 I have, I mean, I have no idea what it was, but. It was expensive. Whoa, dude! Because I mean, you, you the technician is dedicated to you well, the whole yeah. time, you know. And right. he was he was like this like this nerdy guy with like 
it looks like he'd never been outside. You know, he's like a computer. And it, by the end of the first day, he was so into it. it oh, was, was so he? Yeah, <laughs> he loved it. Because he's just doing, you know, probably right. the most mundane, like, right. commercial shit. Are, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, I'm teaching him, like, oh, no, we can't use that one. You know what I mean? His foot's, like, hanging off. Uh, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He did that dope. <laughs> yeah, and you're trying to say, like, land, I want him to land on the beat here and do this and do that. It must suck to have to rely on somebody to right. do that. Yeah. But the fact that it was, like, this whole new thing. That's true. It was I'm sure you were learning as he was doing it too though mm. yeah. oh were you paying attention well no I no. mean no. still to this day an avid system's too expensive for oh. you know what I mean so mm. there was no, like I wasn't but just the process okay. I guess itself mm. you know right. capturing all the footage having it in this you know yeah. folder and it's just you know to na- today this is such a common thing but yeah. it was just like mind blowing you know what I mean to like to capture the footage is digital, you know, like he's trying to explain to me, this yeah. is like digitized and now you can manipulate it. Unbelievable. <laughs> you still sound I know, like you're yeah. <laughs> wow. But it's just like, it's like going from like a cave, like a caveman to like, like driving a car, yeah. you know, yeah. with no evolution in between is such a massive huge jump, jump ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how old were you? This is probably 19. 19. Well, I mean, yes. I just can't remember if it, if it started with Cigar City doing okay. that or not, or, right. you know, I might have. Um, so, yeah. So, that was Crazy, somewhere dude. In, yeah. Wow. And then after that, what video was next? Well, the rising video, uh, Ed Salego, mm. um, he was, by the time I was in high school, he was like, he moved to Tampa from okay. New Jersey and he was the only other skater in the, there was actually one other dude. I didn't hang out with him who skated, but, uh, um, at this point. And so why didn't you hang out with this uh, one other dude? You couldn't make friends with him. I don't know. I mean, I was friends. I was friends oh, with friend? him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we just didn't hang out outside. But Ed was like, you know, it was one of those, like, every filmer there's these this these relationships For you know sure. what i mean yeah, yeah, there's yeah. The, the the skater who's right at that you know and the filmer and it's like oh my god this dude will do anything in right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ed's early footage like he's like flipping onto his head just getting broke but he was like Gnarly. a beast and he would just oh, yeah. go for it so it was like this perfect like you know like wow you you know oh you skate too and and we would go to the library and not go to the lunchroom and just like hang out in the library during during high school it's a weird place to hang out but yeah (laughs) yeah it was just like and that was the thing about skateboarding i feel like that got me stoked from the beginning too is it's just like the alternative to that like jock culture of having to fit in and do this and that so i after the literally the first day in high school i went to the lunchroom and i was like there's, it was so terrifying. I never ate lunch again for the rest oh, of, not for, shit. yeah. So I just would sit in the library and then eventually Ed moved it, you know, started hanging out at the okay. lunchroom. We had like, we had a little like crew, you Sick. know, I think he, it, like I saw like a Pixies, like whatever, like sticker or something on his book, you know, oh, or something like right. that. You know, I was like, hey. um, <laughs> and yeah, so Ed and I became kind of like that rising video was like him and I going out skating and me filming with him and um and that video i think is that video part is what got him like sponsored by planet earth i think at Mm -hmm. the time oh yeah Uh, god i'm going out of sequence sorry (laughs) no it's fine yeah yeah so the third video (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna get a jump back now right (laughs) right right. so the rising came out you know yeah um he i think he started getting hooked up by earth as a result of that okay um and then uh, I started working on the first static video. So that that was like, that was the order of how that went. Gotcha. So the static video was the first like non-Tampa video. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And okay. it was obviously, in retrospect, very influenced by 
Dan Wolf's uh, Eastern Exposure there series. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same formula of like skaters all up and down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure at a point I tried to argue that I wasn't, you know, I was, this is my own idea. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I remember uh, Dan was in town filming with Paul Zitzer for, mm. he, he had a, a skate park at Tampa section in the oh, in Eastern Exposure 3. And um, I'm sure that's where, you know, and Zitzer at the time was like, he was like a connection to like what was cool. Like he had the best taste, I feel like, you know, and, and he and like, I was filming a lot of vert skating with him and Frazier and um, Zitzer was like, he's like, oh, you got, you haven't seen some exposure videos, you know what I mean? Oh my God, you got it, you know, and he's like telling me about Tim O'Connor and, you yeah. know. Um, so like Zitzer and I were doing like, I was filming with him a bunch, basically started talking about doing uh, a similar video I right. guess you know what I mean and, and I remember being in a, on a road trip to Miami and we came up with the name static on that trip um, just as like a random you know a name that doesn't really mean necessarily anything you know what uh. I mean but but it's funny that the static thing is kind of developed with like a vert skater you know what I mean like oh, you wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't think who was in static one Tampa M you know would cycle through different dudes every right. year and that Tampa Am and Tampa Pro were amazing at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the dudes that were coming through, you, you had like crazy. Yeah, like all the guys you want to see like would show up. You, you know, at mm-hmm. these contests. But um, the Am contest was like there wasn't others in that era. There wasn't like a big contest series going on. That right. was like you know, and that was a cool, obviously a cool contest. Yeah. It was run by skaters, whatever. I remember seeing Jacob Rupp come down, just. I feel like uh, it was one of those first dudes who's just style, you know, his style alone was like captivating to me. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, that dude's so sick. And uh, Sean Molendor, and both of them are from like the DC, uh, Maryland kind oh, yeah. of beltway area. Okay. And Sean Molendor's style too. And um, when Zitzer and I were talking about this, you know, again, it's like, I couldn't just like DM one of these dudes. Or, right. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I got into found out their phone numbers but i just cold called cold them. called them yeah. wow i was like hey i'm working on this video would you be down and sean molendor is like yeah i guess let's do it you know like, <laughs> like all right whoa yeah joe meinholtz had a part force kirby mm-hmm. from me coming out here with ed riding for earth and stuff mm-hmm. i ended up on a couple trips coming out here and uh Forrest was on one of those trips we went to las vegas or something and uh again just like Force just regardless, he's so likable. He's yeah. such such a rad dude, and he's he was he's so talented, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just I at that point I was already formulating this video, and I was like, mm. man, th- a dude I'd never really heard much of. I think it, he had a four on one thing. Yeah, I'm gonna turn to you. Yes, for the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fortune, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I met him on that trip. Boom, another guy, you know. Okay. In the next, he ended up having the first part in, mm-hmm. in that video. Mm-hmm. This is just a test press. He was a, the world's biggest. Uh, cool keith fans and he would like he would know when cool keith was going to be on a radio show so he would you know put it in a blank tape in and record the whole radio show and then he made mixtapes out of like cool keith's like live like freestyles or whatever and he so on these road trips we'd go on he'd have you know this this amazing cool keith you know uh mixtape and there were songs in there that were unreleased so far and um the song called test press which ended up obviously popping up on youtube or whatever Mm -hmm. but um he had that on a tape. That's amazing, actually. That's so, so sick. sick. How long did it take you to do Static One? Probably about a year and a half, I guess. A year and a half. Yeah, something okay. like that. I mean, it's not that long. Maybe I even mean, less. Like uh, Jake Rep, his part was literally like one trip. 
we just went oh. up to up to uh dc and drove across across the country with like him and uh ed Sligo was on that trip and uh steve brandy and like dudes who didn't even have parts you know and then mm-hmm. and, and my mine holtz was on that as well he had a part um but yeah jake's part was like actually that and then we did a little trip to um to uh ocean city maryland of all places which was really <laughs> weird yeah and uh and he got a, a, like several awesome clips on that but um so it might have been a shorter window yeah maybe about a year but again how are you surviving how are you paying for all this stuff if you're going on all these trips i mean you know i did freelance stuff but like you're like at that point it's like phone one you'd send them all your footage and you'd get like five clips and then they pay like thirty dollars yeah i was shooting skate photos too Mm -hmm. um but again you know there's it wasn't very much income on that and i i know that like when I was a little kid, when I was like seven, I got attacked by a dog really badly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so my parents sued, sued the owner of the dog and they, we won like 12 or $13,000 okay. somewhere around there. Put that in oh. your little account. Huh? Well, not at first. No. I didn't know this, but they actually put a pool in at our house when I was like 14. <laughs> okay. And I didn't know that they yeah. used that much. <laughs> Our kid got attacked by a dog. Let's get a pool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they didn't tell me. I I literally like like years after. I was just like you know like what what because the the point of the money was like if I ever need plastic surgery when I get older, which I mean I'm sure it'd probably cost more than like twelve thirteen thousand dollars. But that's what I have like all the like they're not as like super obvious unless you're close. Yeah, scars all over my face. I can't even see them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a bad attack. What kind of dog was it? Pitbull. It, uh, a, it's called an Akita. It's like a oh, yeah. Alaskan Husky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I just, dogs. Yeah. I just, well, I jumped my neighbor's yard, our fence, because my brother was mowing her yard and uh, walked around the corner and just the dog was just looking at me. And I knew, you know, I knew that something was going to happen. Whoa. And then I just woke up. Um, wow. Damn. Her, and she was like over, she's like, oh my God, oh my God. And like carried me and put me in her shower. And she's like, don't look in the mirror. And then she ran to get my parents, and of you course I like, and I don't remember what it looked like, no. but it was uh, just geez. fresh meat. Do you like dogs? Uh, I was, I, yeah, I'm fine with <laughs> yeah, them. You're I'm free, fine. Okay. I, I like went to therapy and stuff for like a couple times yeah. as a kid because I was terrified of dogs for a while. But, I would be too. I yeah. got bit by a couple dogs. I hate, I hate dogs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't hate dogs. Don't say that. No, I love. say that. That's dogs. like I know. That's like dissing a religion now. I, well, people like go crazy. I know. Yeah. Sorry, people. He's a no, no. He's a cat person. I'm a cat person. I grew up with cats but no I, I i do like dogs but I've, i have gotten bit by dogs yeah yeah <laughs> so you're so you so your parents bought a pool and you had a little money left over so maybe you're using yeah. that to get through these trips right. and right that. okay yeah and you know working little jobs like mm-hmm. i said working for tree fort for like oh, whatever yeah. four months on that trip mm-hmm. and like selling photos and whatever but credit card stuff but yeah yeah and and you know the video is like back then it was like the the videos were starting to sell more and more and so i was always like man the next one i tell my parents you know like the like you're gonna do another one you know they always expected me to like i was gonna go to film school you know what i mean transition to yeah something more lucrative yeah Yeah. (laughs) but that was your film school pretty much yeah yeah yeah. but you're never yeah never moved on right right but But, uh, uh, how did you sell static one that one's interesting because i was in the middle of working on that 
somebody, I won't tell specifics essentially, but somebody's sponsor, there was a guy who worked there who was telling me, who said he wanted to help us distribute it mm. and, uh, or help me distribute it. And he was like, he's like, how many, what would you consider? I, this is a weird story. So okay. I'll, I'll follow it through and then we'll decide if we want to, he's, <laughs> he's like, how many videos would you consider a success? And I was like, I don't know, like 10,000. I'd be stoked. He's like, yeah. all right, we're buying 10,000 off of you and we're going to distribute them. I was like, wow. What? All right, let's do it. Like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And th- is the video done at this point? No. Or is it? No. no it's okay. almost done. And uh, he's like, uh, we'll make some, you want to make some posters too? I was like, yeah, let's make posters. And uh, sent me his lo- their logo, put it on the, on the posters. Mm-hmm. And then right when I finished the video, premiered it in Tampa, um, he stopped taking my phone calls. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And, called uh called the office and was like hey i've been trying to get in so what's up and they're like oh he doesn't work here anymore mm. like what Damn. and i was like well this is what's going on they're like he didn't have permission to do that what are you talking about oh wow and i was like well and so i'm like i'm not lying i didn't make this up and she's like well i don't have any proof and i was like i have two thousand posters here with your logo you know i don't think i could have done that without and so she agreed to pay that lady who was she agreed to pay for the posters mm. but i was like had a video finished and no, no you know distribution. No distribution so i went flew out to L, uh san diego and went to the asr show okay and didn't have appointments with anybody i remember shimri was like running like four on one four on one and mm. giant and i went to the booth and she was i had a, a good relationship with her through contributing footage to four on one for years and she's like, I can't get you an appointment. You know, like everybody here, has, like that's when ASR was like this huge, huge yeah. thing. There's like three story booths and shit. Oh, they had to, they had to <laughs> oh, pencil yeah. you in. Yeah. 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 And Crazy. so I, I didn't get to talk to anybody. Oh. I didn't get any kind of like meetings. I remember meeting like Paul Shire was there for uh, Blueprint, Sick. like way back. And I remember having a conversation with him. Probably couldn't understand him. <laughs> 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 it took three weeks to figure it out. It took three weeks to, to, a month to figure out what he was saying. <laughs> Every time I'm on the phone with him, I'm like, Paul, I'm sorry. <laughs> just seriously, can you say that? Say that for the fifth time. Yeah. Just amazing, um, amazing dude. Love Paul. Um, but yeah, so on that that trip, mm-hmm. Jeff Taylor, I was hanging out because I was again through Ed Salego and Forrest. Now yeah. I was friends with those guys, and Jeff's like, "Hey, we're thinking about we have a uh, audio had started at that point." Mm. He's like, "We need somebody to do the video," so I was there to try to get Static distributed, and uh, Jeff, I was like. Uh, yeah yeah for sure you know and right. didn't really take it too seriously oh. at that point i just didn't think like i didn't have like the credentials to be mm. making a you know okay. something and it's terrified me right because to do up to that point i did everything by myself because i'm the only one who would see my mistakes you know what i mean there you go so i have a, a heavy fear of being uh what's the word incompetent you know mm. showing up for a job or showing up for something Can't and not pull it off yeah so By the terrified. way, I'm sorry. What 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 did you use to edit uh, Static One? Oh, that's a good question. A Thank good question. you, bro. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, once in a while, I have a good one. <laughs> that was uh, nonlinear editing became accessible to consumers essentially right okay. around that era. Mm-hmm. And as pretty much any kind of purchase I made as a kid, um, learning how to make videos, I would just buy a video magazine, I don't know, video maker or what, mm, what they were yeah. called. And at the back, there's all these companies. And, uh, you know, like when I was like 15, I'd buy like the thing that you plug, you know, you can plug all your, your RCA cables in and you can make really ghetto titles, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, okay. or audio controls. Yeah. Mm. And so I saw the, uh, Final Cut Pro 
had come out in its first its first edition um but you had to buy it was a whole dedicated system you bought a you know a mac pro tower um and uh, how much was this i mean i can't remember i can't remember grand back then maybe more yeah yeah probably yeah. be did the your thing parents sell the pool or how did they <laughs> how did you get money for this <laughs> no we sold the house we moved oh. to a different house but um wow yeah and then not having I, I i never learn i never read an instruction manual or anything like that so it's just it like hands and, on. and that whole time it's like everything like there were in the 90s especially in the early 2000s there was there were no other people in florida or you know i didn't have any like can there was nobody else in that doing what i was doing nobody essentially to show you and i'm not saying there's nobody else doing what i was doing but just like it's just weird that there was there's nobody to confer with so everything yeah. i was doing i was just making mistake after mistake learning because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing like right. same thing with skate photography i had no idea what i was doing and you're shooting film so that's obviously expensive as well so just yeah. trying to figure out how you know what i mean anyway so oh. it, and eventually like there'd be people like i would call like for photography mm-hmm. one of the few times i came out here i went by Transworld and swift and swift was super like generous with his time would be like help me give me pointers he'd look at my photos and be like okay what you're you're wow. definitely you need to figure this out and then some, they'd tell me like this there's all these little secrets especially in photography yeah, yeah, for sure. you're like what you mean you know i'm trying to think of one one of the things he, he used the peanut for the flash right the, the, yeah <laughs> right. yeah but there's always been people like that too where it's like mm-hmm. i was like basically on this desert island kind of yeah and somebody in these you know reaching out to different dudes would give like like i said reggie barnes or like giving me like tips on how selling things works right. and uh jeff kendall at nhs like these are again all people i just somehow i don't know where i got these phone it's numbers crazy. From. Yeah. yeah i'm sure this stuff must have been in magazines and at back then you could just call that's true yeah. but jeff kendall is another dude who's super Pretty nice pages yeah right yeah and just like schooled me on like you know, price structure, you know, okay. and how a video, you know, if you sell it to a shop for this much, it's going to retail for that much. Right. Um, but essentially like, I think with static one, which is how this initial question yeah, started, yeah, no, no. um, it, it just, it was like, didn't work out at the trade show. So I just mm-hmm. cold called a bunch of distributors and a bunch of just, dis- you know, distributors ended up carrying the video. Wow. How many so, did you end up selling? Do you, do you know? I used to know. I used to know. <laughs> More importantly, how much did you make off of that video? <laughs> I think that one did like, it was like s- somewhere between 6,000 and 7,500 okay. copies of that. It was VHS. That's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was stoked, Let's but do the math real quick. 7,000. <laughs> I don't know. I'm bad at math. I, I know enough that it, it, it never, those videos never turned to profit. No. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. amount of like money traveling and, and, okay. uh, and obviously. Did, did that bum you out though? Or was it just that, that, that it was out there and people could see it? Now? I bet you had a good time doing it. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, all sure. of the above, right? Yeah. Or, I, it was never, I would have been stoked to have made a profit, Yeah, but it was, that was never obviously the goal. Gotcha. I was like, to, I think any guy make, especially like all the kids who make videos nowadays, the the main thing is just for people to see it. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so I was always, you know, like I said, like Cigar City and like to talk to a kid in Germany who like, oh, I, that it's was amazing. the one video I had as a kid. And you're like, how the hell did that happen? It's like, it's like, awesome. it's like turning pro and seeing somebody with your board or something. Right, you know? right. Just having reach. And at that, yeah. that era, it was, that was the biggest obstacle was distribution, right. was reaching other people. Now that's, 
that everybody has that it's just sticking out you know so and I, i've said that in the past multiple times where it's mm-hmm. like i had the good fortune of being like early you know on the scene early as like an indie video maker guy where there was nothing else except for like li- i think um Tim Dowling did the listen video, oh, yeah, yeah. probably Great late 2000 video, yeah. or late <laughs> 90s. Great video. Glad <laughs> uh, you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. You were, I mean, you were, uh, no, nah, we don't, we, you know, listen video, whatever. But, uh, yeah, you were um, one of few, right? Right. And right. Which is, is a struggle, but it's also a huge benefit after the fact. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, a huge benefit because yeah. it's nowadays how the hell does any kid who's trying to you know stand out stand out i know it's gonna make a living doing that i mean very few people make yeah. <laughs> make a living in skateboarding yeah Shit. yeah so static one comes out it's a good thing seven thousand copies or whatever somewhere close to that and then but in, in the meantime are you are you still talking to jeff taylor for working for right. audio yeah. yeah yeah so that as that i'm still helping like trying to distribute that okay i flew out for a meeting and I can't remember because audio when it first started, it was um, crazy. You know, their lineup was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like um, Steve Barra, Steve Barra, uh, Jamie Thomas, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Ray, uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah. You know, and all those yeah. dudes. And, and Ed Slega was in that mix early on. Was Forrest Kirby in that mix too? No, no, no not no, yet. Not no. Okay. So yeah, I came out for a meeting, and just the whole time, I just remember being. And I don't think Steve Barra was. I think he had just left. Oh. Um, audio but i just like was in it was literally like a big table you know like you like would a picture in a boardroom yeah. yeah and like all the like the the team and jeff and you know it's, it's, what did you do you have to give a presentation I or what remember. is this thing? i can't <laughs> remember you have to i just stand remember up discussing. on a, with the thing and with the pointer like we're gonna do this <laughs> this this is gonna be we're gonna use this angle i, I felt like i seriously felt like i was like a, an 11 year old or 12 year old you know i felt so <laughs> like like a little you know like a little kid in a business in an overfitting suit like yeah. hey, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and right, i felt like right. that's how everybody was seeing me like who the fuck is this right. guy like i i don't think tony hawk was there no i don't think <laughs> but but just like that and and I know I felt and you know I could have just been projecting this myself but I felt that a lot of these like established dudes like Jeremy Ray and stuff I felt that there was like like they really were like who the fuck is this dude really yeah and because audio was a it was a big thing at that Mm -hmm. point you know and so I was just like terrified of how I was going to prove you know do this how how to make because I I was always I felt confident in like I can film I can edit but there's a lot more to a video and and i knew the packaging as far as like motion graphics oh, yeah. and and the polishing is so important that's right. the biggest um, almost the biggest part if you have that not the biggest part but if you have all that those elements mm-hmm. it really helps even if it's a shitty project if you have nice packaging yeah. well luckily they had jose gomez right so they hired you yeah. yeah yeah and you started what filming with uh all the dudes yeah so i was like um kenny anderson was he in the mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Kickflip nose wheelie from uh, Vegas to LA. Was it at Vegas to LA or LA, LA to Vegas? Vegas to LA. It was, Did he yeah. really do that? <laughs> I'm the not. I signed out. a contract. The kids want to know. No, you can't talk. <laughs> oh. yeah. It's an NDA, but. Oh, man. Um, he knows really back, too. Did he knows really back? For conversing, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. That was fake. You <laughs> <laughs> saw the behind the scenes? Yeah. No, but I mean, that must have been a crazy, right? You're going from the static one video to now this right. huge brand with these big writers yeah a lot of pressure right? and if you look at like go back and look at static one and it's like a pretty like 
in my opinion a pretty ghetto operation okay. right and consider somebody was like oh yeah we're gonna hire this kid to do um yeah this big company uh, video you know uh, i mean it's an honor too yeah yeah absolutely was raj there at that point too not yet i came a little later he came a little later yeah, yeah. Like, that must have been like difficult like <laughs> i mean that yeah how did how did that happen how did roger get involved in this i ended up in miami with will Harmon, and then just you're like hey you want to help film and then who he, he jeff taylor or or no, we just, I, I already knew Kenny from Converse and whatever else, and it just we just naturally hung out with everyone, and I just basically got second angle on for Josh mm. the entire time. Was that oh, that was on that Miami? Yeah, and then like apartment. I went down there with Will Harmon. Originally, was only going to spend like a week there. I ended up being there for like a month. Mm. Will left pissed off at me. <laughs> so, sorry, Will. Why? Because you were filming all the other guys? No, because I, I drove down there with him, oh. and then he had to drive home by himself. Oh yeah, uh, mm. but like uh. Felix like, hey, we're going to go to Ecuador. You want to come with us? And I just jumped on an Ecuador trip. From Miami. Yeah, from Miami. Oh, wow. And then flew home. And then Jeff Taylor had called me up like, hey, dude, I heard you kind of killed it down there. Like, you want to come uh, shoot Bam and these guys in Philly for like a, a week and a half or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, when, when are you looking to go? He's like, tomorrow. <laughs> and I like, took a flight like the next day, went down there and uh, was in Philly for a week and a half. After that, flew home. Jeff got back home called me he's like so uh would you be interested in coming to california i'm like yeah he's like when can you come like when do you need me he goes you down to get on a flight tomorrow i'm like yeah sure (laughs) and i just basically left boston and just went straight to california one way ticket you were like i didn't know you you went and filmed bam that early on oh yeah because he he kind of became kind of like the bam Mm -hmm. connection almost like you i think he got along well with bam and yeah but yeah, his, it, I lived with his parents for like five years. You yeah, didn't feel it, threatened by Raj, though. No, not no, at the beginning. No, no, no. I was there to help no, Josh. No, right, no. right. I mean, obviously, it, I'd always done everything by myself. Yeah. So at first, you're like, I'm assuming at first I was kind of like, like, what's going on? You know? And then, yeah. then you realize, holy, like, there's somebody else helping this like, massive thing. That, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he was like literally when we were editing like the last like right before the premiere he was like in la with jeremy ray like filming the triple set again you know tr- oh. with, with permits and stuff you know and like calling did we get it did he get the 360 down yeah. the you know like um yeah. well that yeah. must have been an interesting video because they had like you know like a different variety of like skateboarders mm-hmm. you had like yeah kenny anderson and you had bam and then brian sumner you had richie belton and all these young kids tony hawk tony hawk yeah then sean, Sean Mon- White. Don- yeah danny montoya also the same time we're doing foreign friends right mm. right oh wow so, like we're doing two videos at the same time yeah, yeah. yeah that was and joe crawlick was editing that one yeah I, I was supposed to do it and it was just like obviously what there's no, no way, way. In hell, yeah. yeah so yeah but i mean look at that that even then that mixture of personalities and it was like as ep- ep- epic as it sounds now mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh there are a bunch of no- nobodies you know yeah. what i mean who were just trying to prove themselves <laughs> right. you know um and jeremy ray it was his he was just coming back from his knee injury which oh, was like okay. a, to me out of that whole mix when i was going into it i was a huge jeremy ray fan as a kid so going into it he was like i was like really you know like looking forward to that but also really nervous about it you know working with him and no, seeing the stress he was going through of oh, trying man. to like he was also having board drama he's very particular yeah. like very specific about mm-hmm. everything but it was yeah. just like it, that was uh, it's tough because 
you know he knows what he's capable of i know what he's capable of but he doesn't know what his knee's capable of you know what i mean so you'd go to do things and you and i i didn't want to i'm not the kind of filmer who puts pressure on somebody Mm -hmm. i like to think that that's the case right you know but i felt like i represented for him the pressure of audio expecting something out of him so i always felt like he's this dude that i i was like i looked up to and i was stoked to film with him but i felt like he was like I when I'd show up, it's like I'm the stresser. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. the one causing the stress. <laughs> right. You're like, the Fuck, man. I don't want to be this guy. Yeah. Um, and I felt like, I, I, as far as saying like, did I feel threatened by Roger? I didn't feel threatened by him, but I feel like at a certain point, I felt jealous because, I mean, literally, I feel think I felt because he had a good friendship with everybody, mm-hmm. and I felt like I represented. Um, you know, me and Jeff Taylor were like the dark the, men. Yeah, yeah we're okay. like this has to get. You know, we have to. To get this done right. and he was more you know like but they need that though they yeah. need a person yeah. like that remember, but it's good. remember the schedule oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys Jeff you put schedule? everyone on like a filming schedule oh really it's like alright well, Mondays and Fridays you have Roger and you... oh, wow. <laughs> but there were, there were spots there were spots on those schedules yeah, yeah. like a calendar with like triple set like no written way. on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that how many, how many times do you guys go to the no. audio gap you know the the, the famous audio <laughs> everybody everybody made a, a trip to the audio that was my gap fr- like the first night in California I went there I heard an interview with Nate Broussard. He said we picked. I don't remember any of this, but he said we picked him up from his flight from Houston and took him from the airport to the audio gap. <laughs> Literally, is that when he dolly back when eighty did? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, wow. that's sick. It's a big gap. It's just a drop. Yeah. It's just yeah. like just jumping off a building. Wow. But I mean, that so, was like so. that video. You're getting they got permits for spots. You know what I mean? We're sk- we we Danny Montoya permits for them, dude. Oh yeah, that oh. is fucked up. Toy is Nolly Hill front nose on. Uh, the Long Beach courthouse rail. Oh, yeah. We got a legit permit for that. We mm-hmm. had a cop there, everything. Oh, because he kept going, and yeah. it's a. It's oh, it a... was like it was like gated off too. Oh, yeah, we had, gated... we had fully gated off. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> One trick. How much was that permit? Do you remember? I think it was I don't close. Think it was that much. I thought it was like three grand. Yeah. Three, which grand. is, I mean, I mean, it's not a it's lot. It's a lot for a single trick. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's his last right. trick though. That yeah. shit was amazing. Yeah. So we had the paperwork, mm-hmm. and the dude uh, Curtis, he basically scanned the permit. And then reworded everything so it'd be the triple set. <laughs> Jeff was trying to get a legit permit for the triple set, right? And time was running out, and like we couldn't get a permit in time, and like deadline was coming up. So Jeff basically told people the triple set, like, "All right, we got a permit. Everything, everything's good," and uh, just handed them this <laughs> fake doctor, permit. Doctor <laughs> doctor <laughs> permit. Right? They Can't like just that. changed like, and they, you know, they they bought it. Oh yeah, totally. Oh seriously, yeah. But well, it was funny because remember there was like um, one of the security guys was like shouldn't you guys have a cop here or whatever like oh he's on his way. Anybody <laughs> wow. he never got the trick down the, the with that fake. No, was trying... Jeremy showed up late. Oh, he did. Oh yeah. shit! You had to like you have to have a permit with the the property owner and a permit with the city. Yeah. So oh. Jeff got the permit with the, the with the property, but he faked the city permit. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm thank God I was editing at this point because I w- did you know kinda... at the time that he was doing all that. I have no. I, he told us again, after the video was done. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I just uh, thankfully I wasn't there because yeah. I would have been right. terrified. Well, it's, <laughs> it was, I, it's better that you didn't know. Oh, totally. Because yeah. now yeah. you you you're thinking, yeah, this, this is good. This is legit. It's all legit. Cool. Yeah. 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 We're gonna make some phone calls. I don't know. Yeah. Talk to that yeah. guy over there. Yeah. So when you were editing and doing all this stuff and the video was kind of sh- coming together, you f- you felt more confident. Like this is uh, this is good. And every video I've ever done. Mm let's say from static and onward mm-hmm. there's like 
having some other person whose talents I can rely on. And I know it's not just me, right. you know what I mean? And so static one, uh, a friend of mine named Andre Stringer in uh, Washington, DC, mm-hmm. he did very simple motion graphic, uh, intro for it okay and the title the little name titles so when we were starting the audio video i was like you know he became this like okay i know i can count on him to balance because that's one thing i I couldn't do so going into the audio video i was like we gotta use this guy for the graphics you know what i mean that the video should have like you know because audio jose gomez who was the designer for audio the ad layouts he was doing were very like tech Mm. kind of influenced and and they didn't want to they were like oh well that's you know we're not really interested Basically, you know, they didn't see the need for it. And then as it got closer, Andre sent me his reel and I showed it to Jose and and they're like, he was really fucking good. So they're like, okay, let's, we'll have a meeting. Let's fly him out. And they met him and the story's crazy. He, He came in, he taught Jose Gomez who had never done motion graphics. He taught him all his like tricks with, uh, after effects of how, how everything works. And then Jose took a week off from work and sat at home literally and did that entire audio video wow. intro, which is like Awful. fucked up. It's yeah. wow. fucked wow. up. Yeah. So he, he, that was his first, that it was, it was like, it wasn't like he had like years of trial and error. He had one, he just sat down in one week, made that intro Please. and he'd come over. We lived across the street from each other. So he'd come over and, uh, I'd give him, you know, like a, a still frame of something and then okay. he'd take it, take it over and animate it and break it into pieces. And then when he first showed me the first couple things he was doing, it was like, I was like, okay, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. this side, the, the video, because, you know, just to have a good, I feel like good skating, yeah. decent, you know, decent editing or whatever music is one thing. But Ooh. when you have the whole package, I feel like, okay. And then right at that, leading up to that, I just remembered this, but the Minik Mahdi video released oh, somewhere yeah. within that yeah. few month period. And uh, I was like, uh, most like career filmers, I guess, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, at that time had a, a, a good relationship with four on one. It was yeah. like the one place you just knew you yeah. could always sell footage there and they go. would, you know, do projects for him here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris Ortiz, who was, uh, kind of like the director of operations or whatever. Right. Yeah. He like, he's like, Hey, we want to, we want to, uh, I want to take you to dinner. And I was like, all right, whatever. But it was like, I want to, I want to talk to you about something. I want to take you to dinner. So like drove up one night and this is while I'm in like three Where quarters. Ortiz want to go to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> um, like three quarters of fin- of the way finishing the video. And he had like, I can't remember who it all, it was like five, four and one people. And it was like, it was like an intervention. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, we just want to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. He's like, did you see the Minic Mana video? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's what you're competing against. You know, he, he was like, they're concerned because this video come out and he's like, like that thing is fucked up good. It's, it's yeah. great. Like yeah. this audio video, you really, do you have your ducks in a row? It was like, <laughs> so it was so strange, but I, it was like, they're concerned for me. Yeah. It's one of these strange things I remember. And I was like, this is like strange. I was like, oh, don't worry. I think we got it. You know, like at that point, thank, thankfully I felt confident in knowing that we had a good team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Roger and myself filming and you know, like Gomez Jose Gomez yeah. and Andre as his like consultant. Okay. And then Andre and Jose ended up, they started working together pitching like like uh they started a company together yeah oh a design, company. design yeah oh, wow and it it like blew the fuck up yeah it became Sick. huge it became one of the like the biggest like motion graphics houses in the world they wow, had like, four really? offices in different countries yeah um they oh. did all the like mtv open intros like they won like multiple like 
awards, like Emmys, Oscars, everything. <laughs> was wow. Jose Gomez do? Yeah. yeah. Really? Raj, you should have gone with him. I know. Just, <laughs> wrong direction. Stuck, stuck close. Yeah. I should have got a finder's fee for putting there them you, together. Yeah. There you go. Because they didn't, they didn't want to meet Andre, but then no? now they're all millionaires. Damn. And still. So they, they had an intervention with you. <laughs> they were concerned. They were concerned. I wonder why. I don't know. I really that don't know. It's so strange. It's very strange. Yeah. Because I'd never... They they weren't distributing it, right? No. Mm-hmm. No. But maybe that, they were feeling you out for some 401 work or something, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. No? No. It was, yeah, because I never got, like, dinner, like, a dinner invitation Where'd like that. Where'd you go? What, what restaurant? Maybe I could... <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> was it Chris? a good, nice restaurant, or was it just a kind of a shit? I think it was, like, a Red Robin or Red something. Red Robin. Oh. <laughs> White Russians at Red Robin. Yeah. Uh, that was a long time ago. The audio video comes out. And it's a great video, you know? Who had the last part in that? Was it Jeremy Ray? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy had the last part. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. before my time on audio, but... Um, <laughs> you came on right after that, I came though, right? on right after, yeah, 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 pretty much. I think so. Kenny begged you, didn't he? He begged. He was yeah. down on his hands yeah. and knees begging me to come on audio. So that was like the beginning of the end. That's where it all started. <laughs> That's where it went downhill, yeah. <laughs> One hammock ad. Pretty much, you know? <laughs> Jumping the shark with that hammock ad. Uh, no, but so... And then, so audio, that was great. And then... Um, did you go on to try to do Static 2 after that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you're constantly, it's like always the last video. This yeah. is definitely the last one. I can't right. go, I can't do this again. Yeah. And then, like, the audio thing was such a, I mean, it was like Tony Hawk filming on the, filming with Tony Hawk and then go there. They, I didn't shoot the whole, the mega ramp thing. I was okay. there. I thought I was going to shoot it and I showed up and, you know, there's like. 900 uh, films. Yeah, uh, he had his own uh, film production company. Yeah. But the, um. Just, you know, that was such a, it was a stressful production, but such a big production. And right. it, to me, I felt like my kind of like niche or whatever you want to call it was like street skating, mm-hmm. kind of like underground kind okay. of, you yeah. know, yeah. I think people pigeon might pigeonhole it towards like East Coast, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't ever like this, you know, only East Coast. It was just like a certain kind of like underground street skating yeah, kind of vibe. you're just trying to find the rad dudes. Yeah. Right? Solo yeah. doors and handicap bumps. Right. right. <laughs> We're just finding doors. people who, like, nobody really hadn't gotten that, the shine that they deserved, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? So it didn't matter if they lived in New York or Phoenix or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just somebody, like, so that video was, the audio video was such, like, on such a different level, I was, like, anxious to get back and do something different. And so it was, like, do I do another video or do I do a Static 2? And it was, like, Mm -hmm. so that was... And then you you wanted to just call it Static 2 to keep the the theme going? You didn't want to come up with a different name? Or did you think about maybe coming up with a different name? I think that was the Static 1 video. It hit, it was, like... Did you call it Static 1 or was it just Static? it was just Static. Okay. There was never meant to be a second one. But after the audio video, the, the the first video, it got like, you know, as, as anybody does, you know, in any kind of field, mm-hmm. that you have that, you do a bunch of different stuff and then something seems to like, like strike a chord with people there and the go. static thing seemed to strike a chord. Um, and so after the audio video, it, it seemed, it was such a, the antithesis mm-hmm. essentially of, of the static thing that I was anxious to get back and like, right. you know, continue that you know that whatever you want to call yeah. it but um and so that one's kind of like it w- it was kind of like the extreme where it's like going from a lot of like lesser known dudes and then static 2 is like Bobby Pulio and Ricky Oyola yeah. which are, I would consider kind of like the anchors of that kind of like that world whether right. you want to call it east coast skateboarding or underground or whatever you know John Ige 
and John Ige. Uh, John yeah. Ige is tight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was so slept on at that point. You dude, know what I mean? Yeah. And Well, that part was really fucking good, it was dude. gnarly. It never got really appreciated, and I feel like until recently, recently, yeah. people started reposting it recently. The switching word heel over the over the block, but I keep seeing there's somebody does like an aesthetics Instagram. Oh yeah, too, yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So that shit gets reposted a lot, but but yeah, there's just dudes all like up the East Coast. I would every video, I'd end up in some other city that I you know like Washington D.C. for the Rising video actually, mm-hmm. and you see this 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 amazing scene that was not being seen outside of Washington, D.C. You know, John Ige was just one of many dudes, you know what I mean? And just being like, like it's like discovering like a, a lost civilization to me. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. holy shit, I want to be, I want to have the privilege of being able to introduce this to people and I want people to see it the way I see it because yeah. there could be countless other people could tell the story differently. But to me, I you know, Washington, D.C. had this like awesome, like dark, like creepy vibe mm-hmm. to it. Um, and uh, I wanted to be able to like present it in that way or whatever, yeah. you know. So, um, so yeah, there's that's kind of I don't know where I'm going with that, but essentially. <laughs> well, how did you get Ricky Iola to to sign up for this video? Did you know him or did you cold call him? I can't imagine cold calling Ricky Iola, but uh, I know I, we knew each other just from me being up there occasionally, mm-hmm. and um, but you know he was still like, in my opinion, kind of up here, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like a you know. So I don't know what I how I, I i remember being in like a pizza shop with him randomly <laughs> Bertucci's? i'm not sure it's the one that's underground kind of on south or on uh yeah south street and uh i remember him talk he was basically having like a meeting with josh kalis and again I, I was like a fly on the wall somehow i was with ricky this is before static too way before it oh he was negotiating with josh about his rival his like the thing this unspoken thing between him and stevie williams because you know, Ricky was the face of not only he was the face of East Coast skateboarding in general. Yeah, you know what I mean? Know, right. In my opinion, but he was specifically the face of Philadelphia. Right. And at that point, Josh and Stevie had kind of established this Love Park presence. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I just remember again, like my memory's terrible. I specifically remember him talking to Josh, and it was like this negotiation. He's like, "Look, you know, like if." If we have to fight, we're going to have to fight. I don't want it to come to that. You know what I mean? It was literally this. And no Josh way. was like, ah, Josh is trying to be the mediator between yeah. the two, you know? And he's like, it's not like that. But, you know, um, that's just one of those strange memories, wow. you know, but. Uh, like who's the mayor of Philadelphia? Right. Yeah. Right. It was like changing. You know changing what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Because there was so much attention, especially after that, obviously, on, on Stevie and yeah. Josh. Um but yeah, what an interesting <laughs> meeting in this pizza I'm, place. Wow. But I mean, like, was Ricky Iola at that time, too? Was he getting older at that time? or Was he, was he on New Deal then? Yeah, he was probably yeah. he was probably still on New Deal at that point, I would think. Seven-year glitch? I don't know, though. That's like 2003, 2004? That came out before. Well, this is, I'm because this is 99, probably. This is like when I was up oh. there working on Static 1, before oh, he was doing a part. I, don't, I just don't know how I ended up with him. It's crazy. Because I still feel like I didn't really know him that well when when I asked him about the Static Two thing, and he didn't want it. He he didn't his Static Two. We just were like, let's just film. You know what I mean? Like, okay. and he had he's like, if I'm gonna do this, um, he had just started Traffic. He's like, I want like my three guys who ride for Traffic to be in the in my part with okay. me, kind of oh, like yeah. if we get enough stuff or if I he gets enough stuff, you know, maybe. And he never he didn't like his footage. He's like, I sh- I don't want to have a part, you know. And I was like, dude, I'm. I'm not going to not have, you know, a part with you in the video after we, you know, went on a couple trips, but he didn't think it was up to par. 
and uh that you know to this day you know half people half the people tell me that was that's their favorite part in the video right right but to him it wasn't he almost yeah. he almost pulled the plug huh he just was like you know what you do what you want to do okay. but i don't think i should have a part oh uh, gotcha okay yeah. he left it he left it up to you yeah he had bobby pulio in there too <laughs> bobby yeah. pulio mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah you just hit him up you just did you know him pretty well by that point or? no no oh wow he was he was like a i would say he's pretty like off the radar at that point mm-hmm. he i think he rode for enjoy mm-hmm. so he was like but he wasn't like i had never even talked to him and uh i was on we were doing the like one of the first road trips for static two and uh this photographer frankie they called him bad frankie oh, yeah. but his name's frankie brodsky he was on the trip with us and he was like he's like you should do something with bobby pulio and i was like well does he and i literally i i I'm not saying that that's what everybody else thought, but at that point I was like, does he still skate? Like, I didn't know, oh, you know, I'm shit. down in Florida. He's like, yeah, yeah, dude, I, I shoot with him all the time. I'm like, really? And he's like, I think I, I should try to get him on this trip. It's like, uh, yeah, sure. That'd be sick. And he somehow like called Bob. Bob was interested just, I think just to get out of New York in the winter time. Oh. And he on joy, maybe flew him on down to Atlanta to get on our trip. And he was on his like, randomly ended up on this road trip cross country which didn't make sense for bobby pulio to be like in a van driving like through phoenix and like you know what i mean yeah like i mean we found some spots that were that he, he worked yes. for him yeah. no cellar doors out there you know? no, there's not yeah. too many cellar no. doors no <laughs> but um but yeah it eventually it just like from that trip he got a lot of stuff yeah that part oh. is sick dude yeah. i really like that part yeah. you always have good choice of songs too i gotta say thanks yeah, yes. all the videos got, you he know? picked his song for oh that really yeah. that was good i wish i could say i did but uh. he tried to change it at the last minute after it was edited yeah uh he tried to pull his part at the last minute too. oh he started to pull it the whole yeah. part he yeah he why are people trying to pull these uh, what, is what are they doing huh want to put it on his own Oh yeah, on iTunes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he saw the video and he's like, I don't, I don't know if I, if I want to, you know. He's just very careful and very, right. you know, about what mm. what he's going to be a part of. Yeah. And he was just like, he was just like right on the edge, right yeah. on the edge. But I was like, dude, there was no way I was gonna. It became in my like in the in retrospect of like whatever. It's almost twenty years since the first static video. That's crazy. I feel like his part kind of like. Kind of, if you were trying to say summarize, what's the static thing? You yeah, tell me, yeah. and I'm like, all right, I'll give you Bobby Pulio's part, and I feel like that can kind mm. of give you the feeling of, of like the feeling that you're trying to go for, the look, mm. and then uh, the type of skating and right. whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. Distribution. Now, are you trying to distribute it again? Like, are you trying to? Did you have somebody oh, for the video for the for static too? I think I just it was the same thing. I think I just like shopped it around i just shopped it around hit up all the same distributors as you know i had before i had like a few different international distributors i've worked with again i don't know how because you know like email was still pretty new at that Mm -hmm. point i have i have no idea you don't remember how do you remember how many videos you sold oh i had like i said i had this worked out i had the list this incremental growth right static 2 was probably around ten thousand copies. Ten thousand. so you're going so you're going up yeah going up and and video sales were going up and there was like at that point of up like let's say a habitat video or something yeah. like that it's like you just know it's gonna sell thirty thousand. that was like the standard standard like, thirty thousand. a oh. bigger name company good like a real video full length it's gonna at least sell thirty thousand. okay you know people had distribution deals with like um companies that sold to or a company that sold to like best buy and places oh. like that mm. but for me it was always tricky because i never had their music rights all yeah. worked out so um 
but yeah, uh, tenth. I was happy. I was I was happy with that. And, yeah. and you know, if you if I really break it down, I still at that point wasn't there wasn't a profit. No profit on top of still. that. I mean, I wasn't like keeping books. You know what I mean? I wasn't like have the <laughs> you didn't you have know, quick books. Yeah. yeah, there's no way. You know, when I calculate what the profit would be, how much it costs to duplicate a video, um, and then you know the leftover balance of but what. Wait you, a minute! You know, pro- you're, you're giving them. You're 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 saying, okay, here's my video, mm-hmm. right? And they're saying, oh, thanks. Here's now we're gonna go sell these ten thousand copies. What I, I don't understand why there's no profit there. Well, because we went on like road trips. Are you giving around. these this distribution your receipts and stuff, and no. they, they're reimbursing you? No, or how, I mean how? <laughs> no, I just fund the whole thing on my own. Every and then, pocket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then at the end of it, you have. Oh, a, they give you. Oh, here's ten grand, and you're like, oh fuck, I spent ten grand. Right. Oh, gotcha. Right. Okay. I'm just looking out for you, man. I thought maybe they were trying to rip you off or something. No, okay. no, I'm ripping myself off. <laughs> but for, it's for the culture, man. But right. listen, for the culture, at least you're making your money back, right? Isn't that the plan? Yeah, you make you make some of it back. Yeah, you know. But okay. if, you know, if you were like, I just never did anything. Like I was not organized in the way I did it. Right, it was just right, like right, right. everyone. Which again, I'm sure most dudes making videos, you're not like, mm, I can't. I don't think it would be smart to do that trip. It's going to push us over the, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no idea how much I spent on the fucking video. For it, right. And then at the end, every year, you know, you meet with your tax guy. And I just have this box of receipts from like Barcelona and London. And I'm like, can I write this off? And he's like, did you keep gas mileage receipts? I'm like, no, or whatever, you know, track yeah. your gas. I have no idea. Oh just gosh. a mess every time. But um, did you ever learn? By three or four or five, did you ever <laughs> learn to, to keep track of everything? Probably not until the last one. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because we had the business, like, we had our distribution company going at there that point. Go. So. Okay. So, you had everything in line. Right. Right. Are we still only at two? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get there. No, yeah. we're, we're going to get there, bro. Okay. We're going to get there. <laughs> but I want to go back really quick to um, the audio video, uh, One Step Beyond. Because um, you guys had to change the music, oh, yeah. right, for uh, Best Buy or whatever, the, the, the mainstream distribution. The box stores. Whatever, the bo- big box stores. Well, that video, like the audio video, um, released right when DVD became like pretty mm. much you had to make a DVD too. Okay. So you've, we did the VHS, premiered, or premiered VHS, and then it's like... Uh, distribution with uh, like there was a I can't remember which company that was Redline Redline that's right and so they distribute to Best Buy and you know these big chains and you have to have all your music cleared and so you didn't have music cleared with the audio no I think up to that point most people were still punking it okay yeah Um, we barged all the original ones we had to re-edit the entire video with all different music there's like a couple things I fought you know it's like we have to have like Tony's Radiohead song Mm -hmm. there's certain things I was like I don't know why specifically that one, but that was one I was I fought for, so I'm sure they had to pay a lot for that. But uh, oh. but yeah, most of the stuff it was like Jesse Fritch. I would like literally him and his friend make music sound together. Like... Oh, and we would like hey, I would send them a song. Can you make something that sounds just like this? And they would make it. No way, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you, now you're not just dropping a new track over. You're actually re-editing yeah. the people's parts. Yeah, you can just you know like you shift it a little bit. Yeah, but still, dude, what a yeah. fucking 
ordeal. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Wow. It was a nightmare. And it's a, such a bummer because the thing that lasted, obviously, is the DVD, mm-hmm. which, you know, there's like Ed's Lego and his like Yellow Man song was so crucial to like what made, you know, to his part right. and then to see some random, you know. But uh, so you weren't happy with the 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 no, release? No, or whatever definitely not. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Especially like I said, in hindsight, because the VHS version didn't really survive the test of time. Right. You know? But they sold a shitload ton at uh, Best Buy. How many copies did we sell? I was just I was talking about it with Roger. Mm. I, I remember the last I heard, it was like a little over eighty thousand copies. Eight wow, copies. Yeah, yeah. But then, I remember Jeff saying like we broke a hundred. Yeah, it was a different time wow <laughs> sure <laughs> that was like the height of, of video sales jeez but did you think like maybe with static two you could like <laughs> hopefully maybe just get, ride that way yeah, yeah i mean it seemed like at that point it was like fuck there's like sky's the limit with these things yeah. so static yeah static two i was like well if it's just me you know mm-hmm. i can probably you know so uh oh and then so after static three are you chilling more or you just jump right into Static 4? Or is there any more gigs? Well, we that didn't you're talk doing about or? Static 3. We talked about ta- Static 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we, we can skip, skip over a, skip? We can that? skip ahead. Let's just talk about Static 6, the new one. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but it, you know, Static 2 and then. Did you just jump right into number 3? Yeah, or? I mean, I'm always doing other, okay. other things like here, like. At that time, it was a lot of like four on one kind of stuff oh, yeah. or whatever, but like other projects. Um, but that was, uh, I think you, what happens is you, I'm, you're like confident that's the last video. Mm-hmm. And then you do a few different premieres, and the energy, that feeling of like feeling, seeing people react or feeling people react to yeah. it um, in the theater specifically, which, you know, not a lot of people get to have that experience True. or filmmakers get to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, it's like a drug where you're just like, oh man, I gotta do this again. again." (laughs) Because that's kind of the only, there's no Instagram, there's no, you like, you don't have that, like, where you could like get that feedback from people, right? right? You could do that at the premiere or in the streets. That was a cool thing. I was going to say about the audio video. I never, it doesn't happen anymore, but like going back to school the next day, I went to the premiere and I was like, Dude, you don't even know what Danny Montoya did down in the fucking seven stair rail. Like, oh. you, you know, now you're like, you just see it immediately. Right, right, right. And back then it was just like, and people would just talk about it and go down the line and then you'd wait and then you'd see it and you'd be so happy. Now it's just, you don't have that anymore. No. 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 And you watch it over and over again. So did you feel like, oh, this is, I have, maybe I got something here. This is, uh, I'm, this is, we're going to do a third one and. And it's going to work this time. It's going to work. <laughs> 20,000. I've learned maybe. from my mistakes. Yeah. It, it, it always like, I think static too. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've told a similar, told the story I think before, but it was like doing the premiere. We did a London premiere for static oh, too. Oh, sick. Um, and, uh. After the fa- after the premiere, I stayed in London for a few days, mm-hmm. and I skated with some dudes. And mm-hmm. there's this this guy, Ali Todd. Of course. And he, his, again, it's just like it's it's basically a bunch of man crushes. Is what's driven the whole <laughs> skate industry for <laughs> for okay, years. Right. And it's just like, dude, this guy's nobody knows who this guy is outside of yeah uh, the the British skate scene. Mm-hmm. And he's you know it's just like oh, he's so sick. I sh-, you know that started the ball rolling you know and then pat steiner was another skater um, from florida who had a few tricks in static too i think that ended up getting him on traffic which is ricky you know ricky had just started traffic after static too Mm -hmm. so um and i was that kid was local in florida so it was just you know 
that started started filming with pat yeah. talked to ollie started filming with ollie and you know so they kind of happened like a organically yeah also right, right? Like it's rarely like a big plan yeah. you know what i mean it's just like because i don't want um I don't think I want to do another one every time you finish. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. It's so it's like insanely. Maybe now some you know maybe maybe at a certain point it, it's not as taxing, mm-hmm. but it's like emotionally, physically, it's such a a, a mountain you know climb. Yeah. And you get to this peak at the premiere, and then every time for me the where I would fail the most because you finish and you fall off the mountain, it's all over, but then you have to start selling it, which is a whole nother thing. And I was never good at that, you know? At least, you know, like calling those distributors and have those relationships, but you know, that, to do it the properly, you probably probably could have sold a lot more. But by that right. time, you're it's, it's like you got to the of, it's still a lot of work. Yeah, you got to you the know? end of the race, and you're just like you just want to chill for yeah. a second, and then now I got to do all this shit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Now you have to make an Instagram, you know, six thousand different versions of Instagram yeah. edits, and <laughs> yeah. the Thrasher part, and then right. post a part on you know the French website, and then you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like, what do you what do you think of that when you see a brand like put a video out and then like they just put it on. Uh, Thrasher. Thrasher side or whatever else, and they're still trying to sell at the same time. There's a str- should be a strategy to it. You know totally. what I mean? It should be, and, and I I hate to see like assets, like the strongest video parts are, are given up so quickly. Right. You know what I mean? Right, I think right. I think to make, and not just for the for a video's purpose of like um, to to sell the most or you know whatever, to give skaters that experience that we we all got to have of of having to wait for it and hear like like kelly's saying here yeah. through you know kids in high school mm-hmm. hearing from their friends who whose got friends saw it yeah. or whatever you know yeah. what i mean and that slow burn is so much it means so much more yeah. i, I yeah. think and, and instead of it's like it's on it's on thrasher that day um you know thrasher hosting parts to wet people's appetites that's right. you know that's awesome but um you know, there's just so many different versions of what a video is now. Yeah. You know, there's the parts. There's like a, a seven minute edit that people call a full video, <laughs> but then the people who do like these full, the actual full length, you know, process and make a, a hard copy in a fucking DVD menu, which is the worst. To have to remember how to do that, it's like because it's happened every like three years. I'm tr- I'm like on YouTube tutorials again. Like, how the fuck do you make a DVD menu? Like, <laughs> DVD menu. Damn it! Yeah, so Static Three. How much? How many? How many did you sell? How many did you sell? Static, Static three was the was the pre, it was the the peak the peak for me for all okay. the videos. It was around fifteen thousand copies. Fifteen thousand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was the most like. I hate to like to overhype something. Okay. Because you don't first you don't want to build huge expectations, but off, also I I think it's better when something's like more like like surprise. Mm-hmm. But I really overly hyped that video. There oh, was, you like, did. There was like yeah. There's like. I think Strength Mag, no, was it still? I'm thinking, I confuse all of them together. Maybe Strength Magazine was Static 2 stuff. But there's like different magazines. There was an article in this magazine, a smaller, I think, uh, Skateboarder Mag when that was still around. Um, Jamie Owens, like, you know, gave us some articles in there. And like, you know, Slap had articles, I think, when it was still around. But, you know, just was more strategic. I was smarter about it, really promoted the shit out of it. And I would always build a fucking website for starting with static two okay we would build a dedicated website um so i had friends in tampa the mm. guy who helped me with motion graphic the new motion graphics guy since my other guy became a billionaire, <laughs> billionaire. <laughs> i was out on a yacht somewhere <laughs> so um my friends in tampa would help were helping me with the graphics but they also were one one was a coder for websites and the other guy was like a motion graphics and he made music whatever so 
So I built us like built a static two site, built a static three site, and it became like one obvious. Way. Like, what are we doing? There should have one static site. Yeah, one site. Right, right, right. So that and and the static three site was there a static three site? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> was there, there was... a garage door opening? Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, because I mean, even back then, dude, it's it's like to build a website. It's not, it's, there's no square space where you could just put right. up a little website. Right. You know, it's like a big thing. Again, the it, the internet or websites were so important. You're yeah. like, well, you have to do this now, right? Let you know. Not only do you have to make a fucking video and it's go fly around the do. world and film and do it. So, at a certain point, it was like, like you said, there should just be one, one. website. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So instead, and it should have maybe just been a static site, but I, uh-huh. um, because I was like, so I was on like the static two or three site. I was like writing stories about conspiracy theory shit that I was into. I was like, okay, it should have a a broad name. It should just be its own website. Mm. So that's where the theories of Atlantis thing Uh, came from. Okay. And there's like, I can give you an hour long explanation of the name theories of Atlantis. Why uh, to, you know, that made sense to me, but, um, the long, the long short of it. What, what, (sighs) Jesus, is there a long, is there (laughs) a long, there's there's not really a short answer. Essentially the idea is that, I'm super into the like theories, different theories for the the the, the start of civilization. Oh, and um, the idea that there was a basically that there was a, a civilization that existed far before what uh, Orthodox Egypt or uh, archaeology accepts for the beginning of civilization. Okay, so you know, civilization was supposed to have have, have started. In Mesopotamia, mm-hmm. um, I can't give you a date. Let's say 4500 BC. Sure. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm in history class right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. I, I love it. I love this right now, yeah. But there, there's tons of evidence that there was something else, an advanced civilization. Not advanced, yeah. like they didn't have computers, but they were advanced in navigation and they understood the, the procession of the stars and mm-hmm. that existed possibly before the end of the last ice age. Essentially, you're Atlantis, which um, I think is Plato, you know, told the story of Atlantis that he had learned and, and, uh, but call it whatever you want. There was, in my, from my research, um, (laughs) there was something, something, uh, civilization existed beforehand. And that's why something like Egyptian uh, civilization, it, it, it appeared on the timeline fully advanced. There's, okay. You don't see this slow build of like their understanding of how to build build pyramids. They were building these sophisticated pyramids right off the bat. Right. So there, there's a multitude of reasons why I think this, but essentially, the idea that civilization there was there was this lost civilization. Let's say a great cataclysm wiped out humanity, but people survived and yeah. protected the knowledge of this ancient civil of this lost civilization. Mm-hmm. Then you get to Egyptian civilization. The astronomer priests. I'm going really sorry. I'm trying. There's no priest. the astronomer priests. They were essentially the the religious, you know, like power of the time. They had a, an understanding, like scientific understanding, specifically of astro- astrological or astronomical okay. um, knowledge that doesn't make sense. Essentially, they understood things that we would need computer models to study twenty thousand years worth of of the precession of the equinoxes. Essentially. Right. They use that as a as basically power. They were okay. they were the most powerful force in Egypt uh, under the the pharaoh. <laughs> Sorry, this is so I love ridiculous. It. Keep going, yeah. So moving forward, all the way to the 12th century, you have the the beginning of the Knights Templars. 
who were supposed to go to Jerusalem to protect religious pilgrims during the uh, Crusades. Okay. What they really did is they were excavating under King Solomon's temple trying to find the lost ark, mm. essentially. Okay. They're trying to find lost religious artifacts, basically trying to get, you know, they were supposedly supposed to protect pilgrims. What they really do is trying to find riches or whatever, but yeah. specifically the Ark Thieves. of the Covenant, the, you know, possibly mythological, you know, yeah. um, artifact. But the theory is they've discovered something, uh, under King Solomon's temple, because when they returned to Europe, they became super, they were really powerful, oh. but they were like, a, the church was funding them, but they were like doing, they were basically competing with the church. You get to don't, uh, you guys I, are about I, to pause I'm, it. I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, my point: the theory is they discovered, they discovered the lost knowledge of these ancient civilizations oh, yeah. or something. Okay, right. It's just right. a theory, and and my the whole point of the theories of Atlantis is that um, the Knights Templars became, like I said, this super powerful force, and then the uh, the Pope issued an edict and had them all arrested at some point and killed. Um, on Friday the 13th, and that's why Friday Ooh, the 13th is considered no unlucky to this day. Okay. But this, the, uh, j there's no way you're going to use this. This is just way too much. No, we're no, fucking using this. It's going in. So, <laughs> um, so essentially the idea is, okay, so when the Knights Templars were basically arrested around, they became super powerful. Uh-huh. And then, like I said, the, the Pope issued an edict where he, in, like, secretly worked with all the kings of Europe to arrest all the Knights Templars have them all executed. Some of them fled out of France because the French, uh, the French king was sympathetic. Mm -hmm. To they fled and disappeared supposedly in Scotland. Hundred years later, Freemasonry appears out of Scotland. Uh -huh. So the theory is that Freemasonry was just a new iteration of of the Knights Templarism. Um, and so you know the Freemasonry now proliferating through the United States was basically founded by Freemasons. Okay, Everything. Right. If you go to to Washington D.C. People call it a Christian nation. Oh, we were founded on Christian values. You go to Washington, D.C., you look at all the architecture, it's all very pagan. It's all very free. Mm -hmm. It's a form started by, or formed by Freemasons. But it, essentially, the, the idea is that it started all the way back with this lost, not this lost civilization. Oh. The knowledge of that was discovered or, and or, or um, carried on by the, the, the astronomer priests of Egypt. Their knowledge was discovered by the Knights Templars, who became the Freemasons, who started the United, who basically gave birth to the United States, and thusly to all these secret societies that you know people theorize exist today. You know, skull right. and bones yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and so that the idea is that it all ties back to Atlantis, the, the idea of Atlantis. So okay. theories of Atlantis. Theory. So all oh, it's yeah. all related. You could tie every conspiracy theory back by this. You know. Yeah. concept to Atlantis where yeah where it all began <laughs> <laughs> how many wow. times have you explained that before uh, too many yeah but <laughs> I usually lose everybody like halfway through but no I think Kelly was just wondering if the 411 was uh, <laughs> that's yeah, the 411 was it all right yeah, there 411 yeah. was it <laughs> No, I was paying attention to Who do you distribute right now? Um, we distribute a total of eight brands. Eight brands? Yeah. Wow. So, oh. Yeah. It, it started with Magenta. Okay. Uh, out of France. Um, Isle out of uh, the Paul UK. Shia. Paul Shia. Yeah. Uh, Polar out of Sweden. Whoa. Um, we have uh, Hops, Jamal Williams' company yep. mm -hmm. out of New York. Dope. Traffic, Skateboards out of Philly. Okay. Ricky Oyola. Yep. Um, Christy is a clothing brand that like Aaron Harrington is a polar, uh, polar oh. pro. Him and uh, 
his friend uh pep kim started that's Sick. a pretty new okay clothing brand we have our own brand called theories mm-hmm. which is a um actually that preceded that we start i started theories before there was a you know it like was a like a website company. right or something well the website was theories of atlantis mm-hmm. um i just started you know made like one t-shirt oh. uh at the static three premiere i wanted to make a theory shirt and mm-hmm. um so my friend uh my friend tia and i made them she helped me screen print them and then we uh, took a, had like a booth set up at the at the Static Three premiere. Oh, dope! Nobody bought a single shirt. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Nobody bought. How many did you make? Uh, we didn't make. I think maybe like thirty or something. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I was like, well, you know, people. I'm sure some of these people I mean, have been to the website. This was Static Three, right? Right. That you would think by that by the third one. Right. It, I mean, it wasn't a Static Three shirt. Oh. You know, it was a Theories shirt. Ah, oh, the gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right drop the ball right there you should have gone static yeah no but that's rad a- any other brands do we uh and we're also we're, we're starting to distribute a japanese brand called evison oh dope. yeah and okay it, they've been around for a little while it's a really sick brand but they just came out with a new video um just released a few few weeks ago oh, and um, i was we we're blown away by how many people were like were interested in the brand already you know what i mean like oh, the wow. video is sold through really fast and oh. you just never know you know if do, i figured kids you know like it's, it's big in japan attention. for yeah. sure yeah. i see it everywhere when i was out there and it's Ooh. it's really sick like and that that's kind of i think pretty much across the board on all the brands but um like evison like the guy who owns it and like a couple of the guys on the team they mm-hmm. all like they make videos as well they're oh, like yeah? filmers video makers okay. they're friends and themselves make music you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. the japanese yeah, but the, the the Japanese scene is just incredible. Right. You know, they've been doing like, I guess if you want to call this like indie thing. That's been an explosion in the past ten years here. They've been kind of like all like DIY, you oh, know, yeah? doing that stuff on their own for for so long, Sick. and and it's been influencing a lot of people. You know what I mean? That you didn't know, like other brands and oh, stuff wow. that were influenced by that, and it carries over. And then you see things bleeding into American skate culture that was started by the Japanese essentially, but nobody's making that connection. Cause it's like, you know, they're really creative on a skateboard. That's for damn sure. Yeah. yeah. Some crazy spots. And I, I think they were, they were pretty far ahead. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? People weren't ready for a lot of that. All right. And now with like, I think probably just the exp- social media and everybody's just beat over the head with so much media to see anything fresh right. or, or different, a different yeah. approach, you know, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Um, exciting to, to most people. It's refreshing. Now, so, yeah. Depends what it is. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, <laughs> sliding down a broomstick on a hub. <laughs> but so Theories of Atlantis, it, like you said, it started off as a website and then you kind of made a, a shirt that didn't sell at the, the <laughs> and then uh, and then it just kind of went into and this was all after uh, Static Three or during yeah, Static Three. Yeah, it's pretty much like the website Theories of Atlantis website was built kind of as the Static as Three static site, 3. I think. Okay, or the Static Three site might have existed and we transitioned it into Theories of Atlantis oh. site, which I was just like, might as well just have a, a blog site, right? And we and I would sell like static videos, of course, but mm-hmm. also like you know, like a, a rad video out of Japan mm. or like, a, you know, basically try to make it a home for underground skate videos. Oh, okay. Like so you just store. kind of get your hands on these things and, uh, right. and sell them. Right. And it was doing good. People were ordering. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was okay. like, it was pretty patchy, but it was just like, that was just, it was just like a side thing. Yeah. You know, I would write, come home from like work or whatever and write, you know, stories about either skateboarding or right. conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then had that website or had the web store. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess it was probably 2000, 
shit, it's probably about seven years ago, eight years ago. Mm. I was started working on Static Four. Okay. Which there was a big hiatus. I started working on Static Four and then like started working on the MIA Skate Shop video oh, and sick. put and stopped working on Static Four for like a year, almost two years, and oh. then we took it back. But um, Soy Panday, who had a full part in Static Three, uh-huh. he and a guy who had a part in Static Four now. Um, Vivian File, they started uh, their own, they told me they were starting their own brand, which at the time, it's, it's so, you know, it's now like, oh, another person started another brand. At that time, it was like, you're going to start your own board brand. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. at that point, it was only big brands, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and not only only big brands, you were hearing daily, like, rumors like, so-and-so got built or got bought by ExxonMobil or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, it was like, that had become such a part of our our culture at that right. point companies were being traded out you know over and then rebought and yeah. rob dyrdek you know like whatever bought the, you know whatever yeah, it was just workshop, yeah. yeah and uh so when they told me they were gonna start i was like that's cool man good luck good right. luck you know but um their boards are made in the united states okay so they're like would you be down to carry some on the web store and i was like yeah sure why not that'd be cool you know sure. and uh so a few boards shipped to me before they shipped to france people like skate shops started hitting me up you know hey would you be just a couple you know okay. what i mean and so that's kind of how it started it wasn't like you know i talked like i worked with pulio uh at a restaurant around that same time mm-hmm. and we talked about like dude it'd be so sick to have you know and ricky ola has had talked about this for years way back that it's possible there's so much energy and things happening on the east coast for, for the east coast to have its own industry as well okay, you yeah. know and the thing that makes the most sense the, the place to start would be essentially a distribution company that gave small brands, you know, some kind of like give you guys doing it on the, yeah, doing yeah. it on your own is is one thing. But so if if a shop can order three or four brands all together, right. mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to pay that shipping to get yeah. three brands, and then you know it's a little risky to take some new French brand you never heard of, you know, and get right. twelve boards and ship them to California. Yeah, so that's kind of how it started, oh. you know, and. uh it was like, but like I said, Pulio and, I t- and I had talked about, man, like it'd be cool to have like a distribution company. Yeah. You know, Jamal had just started, Jamal Williams had just started Hops okay. around the same time. And, uh, and there was, in traffic had been around for a few years already mm-hmm. too. So it was like, man, if you could do it, you could have these, at least have those couple of brands, right. you know, and, and, and then this kind of organically started happening on the web store with Magenta. Is it, has it been a difficult build? Yeah, it didn't take off yeah. right off the bat. But it was like this, it was the right time where it's like Magenta started mm-hmm. within that same year. I can't tell you, uh, Palace started. Oh, yeah. And I was friends with those guys as well. Um, like Ali Todd mm-hmm. was, you know, in Static 3. And then Ali yeah. Todd was one of the first writers on there. Same thing, you know. So offered to start carrying their boards as well okay and you know at that time it's still like i said that this what has become the norm now it was not hadn't happened yet so i wasn't like sitting all day in an office like hey you want to buy these boards hey you know i was like working jobs video jobs and then you know i would answer you know send some emails or call some people and i would call some of my friends who had shops i'm like hey friend would you want to carry and 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 i'd have to a brain you never heard of yeah yeah it, it, which now it, if anything's new people are like yes send me 12 of them you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. but then you know it's like look polar you know this is pontus alves brand mm-hmm. or, or isle this is paul shire's brand it has a lot of history this is ricky o fucking oil's brand right. you know and trying to, to educate people to it and say and they're like i don't know man kids here they just like 
they, you know, it's safe to carry these other brands. You know, I don't think kids, and it's like, no, you're a shop owner. You create the culture yeah. that the kid, you teach the kids. That's where I learned from mm-hmm. Paul Zitzer's brother actually had a skate shop in Tampa. And oh. that's, that's where I would go to that shop. And it FaZe something or? No, it was called Club Skates. His right. family owned FaZe up in right, Milwaukee, yeah. but he started his own shop for a little while when I was like 15. <clears throat> and, uh, but you know, you, somebody, uh, like that was the dude I looked up to him yeah. and Paul and his brother, Paul. And it's like, what they said, what to me was like, that's cool. You know right. what I mean? And likewise, that's what a shop kind of does in a, in a so i'd be like you're the one if you like it you're telling me you like it then get it and t- and and tell the kids push. right yeah yeah right which takes some work and takes a risk you know for sure I mean? for sure but um, people get comfortable with just like oh that's what they want just give it to them but at that time even brands that i really like uh-huh. everybody had gotten lazy and jaded and that's okay. there's a reason why this was going to happen this explosion of all these small brands it mm-hmm. might have gotten out of control some people would say it did yeah but the it level was, one graphics yeah, it was just bound to happen. Yeah. Right. When I and mean, there was yeah, it's just like this. There was nothing exciting happening in two thousand eight in skateboarding. Right. Maybe yeah, two thousand five to two thousand ten. It was like the brands were just doing. You know, they were safe. There was like the seven staple brands yeah. that, mm-hmm. and so these small brands starting to pop up. There was a culture of kids who was who were hungry for that and 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 stoked to to jump on board for sure and it started lighting a fire under the the big brands to be like oh shit there's something starting to happen here right. you know? well then at that time too i mean the internet started to pop off of skateboarding a lot more oh yeah like you know there's stuff like the barracks that popped up around that right, time with right. you know there's mm-hmm. different ways that you're 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 get seen you know yeah but you guys are always kind of been traditional skate videos yeah and because you have all the brands that we've that we have up to this point they're they're all owned by dudes who have been in the in it for a long time and they're dudes who deserved you know like i said ricky oyola deserves to have a brand around what he, you know what he's created in for skateboarding sure. but they're the this whole like you said the the with this starting to happen with like guys le- leaving their companies and starting their own brand fell i think kind of like in in line with the the birth of instagram and this like me culture you know this like i'm a star and everybody everybody thinks that they can be yeah. i can start a brand i can you know For like sure. so yeah. so those things two things did happen at the same time so it's um it's interesting because it did i, I would say it's got it got out of control right because you know the industry can't su- support 75 brands yeah pros can't get paid when there's brands who are like willing to um not enough wall nobody, space in case shop yeah and and if nobody's getting paid on a brand and a kid's just if people are doing it as a hobby you right. know it's like fuck i could start a brand you know the the, yeah. the product or the wood company their minimum is pretty low now so i can there just start go. this and still have my job but then there's people who've sunk their lives into it yeah. and you know it's like it's a, it's tricky so it's it's if somebody can't you have a, a board brand you know, the artists should yeah. get paid the pros should get paid the For guys sure. making the videos should get paid because it is as you guys know with this show mm-hmm. we're, we're still trying to get paid yeah i mean it's it's a shitload of work yeah you know what i mean For and, sure. and there's that that constant thing so i'm sure you've you've heard probably in comments or whatever i'm assuming is who the fuck like you think you should get paid from skateboard making a living off skateboarding it's like well there's people who create i'm not i don't want to lump myself into it but there's people yeah. like mike carroll and rick howard 
have created so much like they contributed so much to the culture they should fucking be able to survive off skateboarding for yeah. sure you know what i mean for yeah. sure the right. the people like spike jones you know yeah. spike jones it, uh, so many people who they've created this culture they're not it doesn't it's not like it's just happening yeah it's not like you know they the amount of hours they're spending sitting and creating you have to create a infrastructure you have to have artists like you know evan heckox and oh yeah these guys like how it's just you know it's frustrating when people are like you know how dare you try should to... be free yeah. right yeah yeah <laughs> what i mean yeah skateboarding is free living? yeah it should be free too no it is free yeah skateboarding right. is free and it's yeah. so that's what's why it's, be- it's so successful or so popular because you all you need is a skateboard and yeah. you can just go to a parking lot and yeah. you can skate a piece of shit board until you know until it breaks in half what do you think about now all this stuff now going on i mean like because there probably are hundreds of companies out there and like even with theories of atlantis like how do you choose right because right. you only what do you say you distributed eight brands yeah like how do you choose the ninth brand basically does it need to exist and in, mm-hmm. in, in that sense like does it fulfill you know like does it give a voice to a part of uh, like a a country, a city, yeah. uh, or a culture that hasn't had a voice yet, mm-hmm. or does it like give an art, you know, like create something new in skateboarding? Right. You know, it can. California's had more than enough exposure, but maybe some new, you know, somebody's going to create something new out of it. That's like a whole new experience. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, true. Yeah. There's brands like an Alien Workshop that created such a, an incredible, like whole new world that that's why it lasted for 20 years you know what Seriously? i mean because, and, and it, so it's still going yeah so there's brands that and then that are like i see that are like just pet projects for somebody true it doesn't mean you have to go all in you know i'm not the guy who's i shouldn't be able to decide what's a valid brand and what isn't right. but if if we're going to carry it i just feel like does it have a need to exist you know yeah. like that the brand evison that like i said out of japan that we're mm-hmm. we, i've always Japan's given a like it's it's given a lot to skateboarding and they're doing such awesome creative things, but it hasn't had a voice in in the United States. So yeah. to me, it's like it makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Like hope, and, and we've seen that people are interested in yeah, it. So yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people hit you up though, right, to distribute their brands. Dude, we've had the some of the wildest <laughs> requests. <laughs> what do you mean? What it would like? Can you, can you, no, I mean, what, there's, there's, there's all kinds of strain, you know, like from like very small things to mm-hmm. things I just can't, couldn't believe asked us to, really? to distribute them. And the, the ones that you couldn't believe asked to distribute you, why, how come you're not distributing? Cause it just doesn't make sense. Really? It doesn't make sense. Like, like in what, in like what, it, why? It just doesn't like, it's part of a culture that, that doesn't fit in with what we're doing. Essentially it's like. Sketchers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, uh, he doesn't want to name drop or no yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. you don't want to name drop I'm, I'm not asking you to name drop there's people like friends of ours who are reps or whatever who go on the road and they're like dude you guys are killing it man I see your yeah. stuff everywhere and like I wish we were killing it you know what right, I mean I wish right. it from what it looks perception is you know different than reality there you go. and so there's brand there's companies who think that they're like fuck this is this thing's like blowing up if we could get in there, you know right. what I mean? It would give us, we'd get into an end to that side of the culture. Cause it's kind of, it's almost like a fractured, obviously there's like multiple sides to skateboarding yeah. culture now. You know what I mean? There's this, a, a very pop side and then there's kids who there's an underground side. Then kids want it to feel underground. Right. You know, we want that experience that we had when we were little kids yeah. and you, you know, you see that one skater or you, you know, get on a, a train and there's a dude wearing, you know, a girl shirt and you're like, 
you know, you guys know, you know, we're, yeah. we're in the club for sure. <laughs> but with skateboarding getting so, you know, it's out there. Like, you remember how crazy it was to see skateboarding on TV? Yeah. You saw a commercial and there's like a fucking skateboarding. You're like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but um, so now it, it's like you're so numb to all of that. That's true. That, that to have that sp- experience of making your, you know, yeah. your thing feel special um, to, to bring in a brand that doesn't that's already part of that pop world wouldn't make right. sense, you know? And yeah. even if it, who knows if it would be something that would make us money or not, but it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't you know what I mean? Man, what if Revive wanted to come in and, uh, and get distributed? <laughs> yeah. Would you? Uh, no? I don't know. <laughs> no? Doesn't serve a purpose? Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to hear his like point of view on stuff like that too. I, I just found out about it. I just found out about that recently. Isn't it funny? Like a lot of people, they don't know about Revive and Braille and Andy Schrock and these people. Yeah. It's crazy. When I first heard, I found out years ago, but I was like tripping. I was like unbelievable. And it's funny to hear people say like, dude, I don't, I don't even, who? I don't know. And it's like, you don't know that this parallel fucking I know. universe yeah, exists exactly. in skateboarding? Exactly. I know. Yeah. I know. Talk dude, about conspiracy theory. It's crazy going. <laughs> we, I would be at trade shows and this is like years into us doing theories of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember having a booth at a trade show. Again, I won't mention any names because not that it matters. But certain dudes who I used to work with or for walking by and, and they're like, what is, what are you doing here? What is Theories of Atlantis? And just how there are so, there's so many subcultures. It's, it's such a fractured world that, you know, or like Pat Steiner, who works at, at Theories of Atlantis, mm-hmm. he also works um in that judging circuit for like skate park of tampa and like um i, I sit next to him when i judge him oh do you really yeah, yeah he's tight <laughs> and so he's, yeah, he's sitting tight. next he's sitting next to like jason rothmeyer and and uh you know some of these guys who are in that judging circuit from out west yeah and hearing their comments about some of the you know they're always picking on them about some of the stuff because they you know it's such like magenta stuff and you know uh or you know polar writers mm-hmm. whose names they don't you know and they're like picking at him because it's it's to them it's such a different world but it's it's just crazy there's like five different like industries within this one big industry you know what i mean and that's why nobody's making any money because it's so (laughs) it's so split up but it's um it's rad it's rad because there's never been a time i feel like where the average the common skater can have a voice like right. they can now you know yeah. what i mean right. and like you said like with a revive or something like that there's so many avenues that are outside of the usual process of becoming known as a skater or as a brand yeah that people figure out how to milk that you the youtube thing which is a whole fucking another planet we'll that out. i don't get it but <laughs> yeah. even even yeah. but even now like youtube thing is a whole other planet but even now like instagram is a whole other planet too you know i feel like there's like instagram skaters youtube skaters like but how do you the instagram thing it's like a it's like a bunch of wild horses running around because you can't control those algorithms unless you put money in but then you put money in and they and then people can see that you're paying to advertise and then it sure it doesn't look organic it's just like it's a whole it's a dude it's a science you can seriously have like a you need yeah. to have like a, a company scientist or whatever statistician who can yeah. like work all this shit out and like if you post at four twenty six and <laughs> you know well theories of Atlantis you guys are killing it <laughs> where's he going with this Static Four Static Four and Five right now mm-hmm. yeah, you actually. I know some shit. Bro. I know some shit. Right? Kelly and I filled him in. No, I'm asking to fill me in with shit. But listen, 
is there going to be a static six? Can we look forward to a static six? Well, seven, eight, nine. How about a static how many? Yeah. What are you thinking? I mean, what are you, what are you maybe, thinking? Did, what was your favorite static? Answer that question first. <laughs> Do you have a favorite static video? One that you just kind of always go back to? I mean, to? if you could like pull things about all the, all, you know, okay. like... You know, like Jacob Rupp's part from Static Static One is like, you know, okay. Things there's things that's like, it's it's weird to talk about things that are your your work, right? But it's featuring somebody else. You know, like yeah, it's yeah, I'm yeah. not it's not because of me, but Jake Rupp was you know Pulio Oyola John Ige. You know, there's like yeah. things you could pull Pat Steiner's you know Static Three part mm-hmm. and like Jamal Williams Static Four part and you know like. There's all these things you could pull, and it sounds like I'm going, man, with that thing I did, but I don't mean, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, if you could do a greatest hits album, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But there's no like. How about a best of static? But then model. you're leaving people out too, right? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. hard to do, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really, I was really, uh, like the Static Three video, the the feeling, of, like it was the most complete mm, to me. I was like okay. happy, and then when that was finished, I was like. Ah, but I want static should I, I like static to feel dark and like yeah. not eerie but like dark and grungy and so I mo- when I moved to New York um, about 11 years ago finishing static 3 mm-hmm. the look and feel of New York City it's like man you know uh, and there were people who didn't who were supposed to be in static 3 who kind of got pushed out because oh. I it, it, they, their parts weren't finished and it's just like I have to finish this thing right so the static four thing took a while to get it like back on or to get it going. But, um, capturing that feeling of being in New York for my first time, okay. you know, for, or living there, you know, for a while. And really like, um, after the fact, I, you know, I really like the look and feel of okay. that video as well. And, you know, the, the culmination of like certain parts and stuff in, in that one that I don't know. I don't know You're gravitating towards static three. No, I, I, there's a, a, in between the, I like them all. You can't. <laughs> you can't have thing. a favorite child. And then, too, you're, right? and then you're talking with the people that are in yeah, it too. Exactly. Right? I you know, know. I'm just asking questions. Man. Yeah. Should have been prepared for that one. Static six. <laughs> okay. Static six. Well, I'll tell you this. Okay. And maybe it's something uh, most people don't know. But if you, the the when we put out Static four, you know, mm-hmm. people weren't expecting that it was two videos. Oh yeah. And if you open it, it's a box set. If you open it up. And it's like a trifold. Mm-hmm. There's a spot a, 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 for six because you know in New York City the the green line is the four five six train. There's three trains. Oh. So that opening of that box set and the the train lines are circles. You know on okay. the signs. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a four, a five, and there's a six. And six, it's a sleeve that holds a book. You know, for, it was a booklet for all the okay. you know, photos and whatever. But that sleeve has indentations on it for a DVD for a DVD to fit into. And um, so that, you know, it's kind of like if you notice that, you'd be like, what? wonder what's coming or if there's going to be something else. So it was kind of like setting up. It was a placeholder, you know, or, maybe maybe something else will happen. Or did you get calls like, hey, I'm missing a DVD <laughs> right. in the box set? Well, I actually got an email from the manufacturer about 
three or four months later after we had already shipped and he's like hey you know that those indentations for the thing he's like did you test them yet and i'm like no what do you no he's like yeah we just tested them and dvd doesn't actually fit oh no way (laughs) they didn't measure it right so they cut it wrong okay so so you're leaving it open-ended yeah yeah i mean every one i say that's the last one but yeah there's uh you know you never know but I'm surprised you never hit me up to do uh, <laughs> static art. You know? I just didn't, uh, you know, I didn't you know, think you'd be into it. You were busy shooting the chocolate video. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's well, true. listen, Static 6 comes around. I'm glad to, uh, you know, give well, you some clips You're available? Yeah, no, well, maybe not a full part, but, you know, maybe I'll just sprinkle some clips your way, okay, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, Chris's switch flip manual is going to be in every skate video from now on. So people claim it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, you know, but are you still filming with the VX or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I was working with HD cameras for like jobs and stuff. And, uh, so there was a period where I was, got used to using HD cameras. And then, um, for static four, I went back to the VX and mm. now it's, now it's really weird to touch any camera other than the VX. Huh. So, so yeah. I'm still using the VX. Yeah, so Static Six so might, be, <laughs> might come out. We know we don't when, know. We when don't is know. enough You're enough? Not saying yes or no, but you know, well, you, dude, you, you, everybody enjoys the videos, no, dude. Thanks. We just want to keep it going, man. As long as they're free. If you did a Static Six HD or VX, you're gonna keep on the VX. Oh yeah, train? VX. Yeah? yeah, Static has to be VX. Has to be. Aren't you sick of digitizing tapes and doing all that shit? I, I like the workflow of oh you do of yeah capturing from tape uh-huh. more than the but HD thing. But even now with the HD TVs and this and that, like, or are you just saying maybe I mean, people are going to watch it on their phones or whatever? It's a, you know it's an endless debate yeah. that there's. But I think I think the combination of that that Mark One Death Lens on the mm-hmm. VX One Thousand is the best way to present okay. skateboarding. Yeah, it, it's the the aspect ratio makes more sense, um, and it's. You know, it's going to change because everybody's growing up differently. But we all, right. you know, all our generation, we grew up seeing it in that yeah. format. And it's just... Uh, it, it looks it, good. It yeah, looks, yeah. Yeah. It looks right. And it depends on what, you know, the application. Like the That's, brand, okay. some HD fits, you know, like right. like the new Lakai video being in a VX format probably might not have felt right. You yeah, know what That's mean? true. Being right. HD makes more sense. What, what about if um, uh, uh, somebody... Wants to hire you to do uh, their video, like a, uh, another shoe company or another uh, board brand. Would you? Would you be? Uh, would you entertain that idea? I never. I've learned to never say never. Never say never. Yeah. Always take the meeting. Yeah. You never got uh, like offer from Converse or anything like that to do something. I think a lot of stuff. Like at a certain point, I was. People saw that I was like, or could, probably assumed I was dedicated to TOA stuff. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've been doing that for like seven, eight years now. So it's like, oh, he's. You know, he wouldn't do it or who, who knows yeah, yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah, or maybe yeah, yeah. people you know don't want me associated with something because i'm associated with oh. a brand or a group of brands already i don't know interesting, but, you know well is that yeah. tough doing that stuff in the office and going out and filming are you filming yeah. a lot i i mean i i'd say the past year i'm filming on average like maybe twice a week oh, you okay. know but it's like the thing that it's been really tough is I, I went from, I lived in in Florida until I was like 29 when I was traveling all that time. I wouldn't have lasted that long probably if I was, wasn't traveling so much. So I moved to New York when I was 29, 11 years ago and um, went from, you know, occasionally skating around with a camera bag, usually driving to a spot. And now uh, I 
pushing everywhere with you know i still carry a, a 16 millimeter camera vx1000 sometimes i'll bring my photo gear and so that you know being like 40 and pushing around <laughs> it's got and that's the other yeah. obstacle to like yeah we'll keep the static series going <laughs> and fucking, get yourself a bike i i do i ride my electric scooter i need to outfit get a yeah, bird maybe yeah. maybe i need to like build like you feel kind of cor- corny maybe being yeah. on a bike following everybody around but um yeah it's it's tough we were on bikes today man following people around it was great yeah it was great i mean we're down the beach but uh well there's those city bikes in new york a lot of skaters use those to get around you know it's oh, like, the 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 pay thing yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right, right but yeah sitting in the it, the amount of fucking email like i literally could do nine to ten hours email a day and, and it'll never end but like you said sitting in that desk and your hamstrings get tight yeah, yeah. and then you try to go out and skate mm. after that it's it's uh it's, it's a struggle. But, but listen, we got to get it. We got to wrap this up and everything. But we'll, we got a gift. Kelly, will you do the honors, please? Will sure. you grab him? Uh, take your large shirt. Large, medium? Large. large. I'm probably a large. Give him a large shirt. Uh, you know. Unstructured uh, hat. Apple Yard mug. Unstructured hat. Oh, get him one of our new mugs. Thank uh, you. Dude, Thank you, Kelly, bro. Thank you. Oh, it's a hat, too. <laughs> yeah, it's getting expensive. So, I know, right? Because <laughs> like, oh, blowing the budget. We got a new, we got a nine club mug for you here, nice. bro, to take home. Nice. Um, put that in bubble wrap, Raj, uh, for the plane ride. Yep. Don't want to break <laughs> some break. Yeah. Here's a large shirt for you, the yeah, nine club nice. shirt, and uh, Ooh, I like that. Just the breast logo. And a nine club. Uh, that hair, rabbit hair off there. <laughs> uh, unstructured hat for you. Nice. There you go. Nine club hat. Excellent. Dude, eight. Amazing. Yeah, thank Amazing. You. It's far from amazing. But hey, thank listen, you. No, 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 no. It was really, really fucking good. Rad, it was really dude. good. Really yeah, good. Thanks. And uh, theories, I mean, I'm not theory, uh, static six. <laughs> Let Get me you up. One day. Clip. I can go film with Raj maybe. And Is the VX still working, Raj? I got one. I haven't really used it too much, but I, really? I bought, yeah. I got the... There's a VX right nice. there. You know how you use this? <laughs> well, we'll film out here and send you guys clips. I actually backwards filmed a trick today. Backwards? What? What? I think you're pressing record, but you're actually pressing stop. Oh, shut up! Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. I was filming. A tr- we were filming a trick, and and he was like losing it, losing it, and he finally did it exactly how he had to do it. And I went to look. All right, I went to press stop, and the camera went beep. Just one beep, meaning oh. he was dead. And I was like. And then just trying to think of how to like how, how to, to break the news to him. <laughs> he's already he's already laying down on the ground like so so like no. okay thank God it's over. Who are you filming with? Uh, Christian Maloof. No, how did he take it? He he just got right back up and kept going. Kept doing it. Kept going. Right. Hey, it happens though. Raj has deleted some of my clips before. I did them on purpose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>